Hello, and welcome to the Player to Prospect podcast. As you can see, our guest today is Steve Rodriguez. He is an assistant coach from Stanford University. He specializes in hitting and catching. That is going to be two of the many topics that we covered today. And I hope that you guys can see that Steve is not only a great coach, but he is also a great person. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Steve Rodriguez. Because <laughs> when I came in uh, to pro ball with, with the Royals, it, we had uh, a couple high school guys that were like top of the um, like draft board, like really big name guys where you're like, okay, yeah, they're, they're not going to school, no chance. Ooh. And coming in, I'm like, wow, these kids are so talented, like so confident. Like you can tell they have all the feel and like, you know, the, they're doing all the right things on the field. But the thing that they obviously have to learn the most, and this is expected probably for all, you know, young superstars is just like handling that defeat a little bit, like mm-hmm. getting punched in the face one time and then just like seeing how they respond. And, you know, again, this is no knock on them. This is anecdotal, but it applies because I feel like this, this is a, a good generality because like you can apply that to the 18 year olds that come into a big college program and it's the same idea. It's like, that's probably a big lesson where you're like, Ooh, you got to learn. You just got to learn. You just got to learn by doing like just getting knocked in the face, like just getting punched, like <laughs> you know, metaphorically punched and, and getting back up from that, you know? hundred percent. Like we, so it's funny you bring that up. We, one of the, the main mantras that, that we have as a program um, that I talk about with our hitters all the time is, and they've, they've kind of, they've run away with it. They've made it their own um, is mm. respond. Like you, 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 you hear, that word yelled out a lot. Like, like when something bad happens, beautiful, we get a chance to respond. Um, and and mm. I, I talk to them a lot because that's, again, and I tell our guys all the time, the baseball side, we're going to find a way to get better. We're going to put in the miles. We're going to, we're going to work hard. We're going to put in the reps. We're going to understand it. We'll, be, we'll find a way to get good there because the guys mm-hmm. we deal with work really hard. It's in the game, how they handle their emotions um, and how they handle competition and how they respond to failure and, 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 and success as well mm-hmm. is what's going to be the difference maker in a win or loss or consistency. Like even, even I tell them, I go, you, gotta, you have to respond to success too, because, Hey, and I, and I bring this up like, okay, you're the guy that showed up 15 minutes early to the field and helped set up, but now you're hitting 380 with with six bombs are are you walking out one minute before stretch starts now and not the guy that sets up and then next thing mm. then you go back to hitting you get into a slump and then you're the guy again and and so you respond as, to success a bad way too like can you be mm. the same guy day in and day out regardless of result that's a response as well and we but we talk about that all the time but most of the time in game it's it's hey we put up four they put up four and tied it beautiful let's respond kind of thing and 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 mm-hmm um it's just something it's something that that i think our guys have run away with which you bring up getting punched in the face and it's something that i think they've run they've run with because a lot of them haven't had to do let's be honest a lot of them hadn't had to do that um Mm -hmm. in high school and because they've been really good we get really good baseball players unbelievable guys like unbelievable human beings and baseball players and where the game is pretty easy for them Mm. up until they get here so this is their first opportunity, like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. I'm a freshman and these guys are, are, are juniors and I'm, um, I've, I've played on all these tournaments area codes, but now I'm going up against Tommy Troy and I got to get him out and my 93 is nothing to him and he just smoked a double and, I, and I've walked him and what do I do? Or 
hey, I got to go up and face Quinn Matthews, who's a four-pitch mix. And I don't know if I've ever seen a, a true lefty changeup like that before. And how do I adjust? And now I'm guessing and all these things. And mm-hmm. it, you can, you can, you, it can take you, the game can bring you to your knees when you're a young player at this level. And yeah, yeah. Like you said, if you don't respond the right way, it's going to be really hard. And that's my, like we talked about being a psychologist all the time. That's my biggest thing with these guys is, mm-hmm. is, Hey, how do we manage our emotions to where we're not a roller coaster? It's not the deepest, darkest depths, and it's not the Mount Everest of highs. It's just we just got to be here, you know. And and mm-hmm. that's a struggle. I mean, I struggle with that as a player. I would go catching wise, I was always there. Hitting wise, I was the biggest roller coaster you could ever see, you know. And <laughs> when we when you don't have tools and you're a roller coaster emotionally, you're not going to be a very, very good hitter, you know. And I and I yeah. share that too. Hitting is definitely the hardest thing to do, though. I feel like a lot of hitters, um, they're kind of trained to to accept failure and move on from it pretty quickly, whereas pitchers, it can be a little bit tougher because you're almost expected to succeed. And I was actually a psych major, so this is something I like literally took to heart all the time. Like if it was uh, I'm starting in the first inning, you know, I give up a run in the first inning, like the first thought I have is, all right, good, nice. Now I get a chance to like not give up any more runs and like, salvage that you know oh he's struggling in the first kind of thing like you know kind of kind of prove some people wrong here like uh and you know it might be a little bit difficult uh for people to do that you know like as a pitcher but i i'm definitely thinking about um how that's just something like you have to like go through like it's just it's it's uh it's almost impossible to like put yourself in that setting like without doing it you know so i don't know i do i do think that is so valuable and in today's game the, the only problem is like it's hard to do that in the season like I, I do think about like those players that don't get those opportunities and then they get kind of like you know knocked in the face like the first time and they're like shoot all right well now I can't now I'm not hitting again like I get that pinch hit it back like I don't get the opportunity again for another like week or two it's like how do you even uh like deal with that like how, how do you like uh take that and say like okay uh I didn't get that that one hit and that pinch hit it back like what do I do now like I got, I got all this time and like, like, what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. I've definitely ha- had that happen to me where I'm like, okay, I'm struggling. Like, and I don't even know what to do here. Like, like, yeah, what do you, I change? Do I change myself? Like, shoot. You just, you just have to sit on it for another 10 games. And you're like, oh no. Like, yeah, for yeah. sure. For yeah. Sure. That's college baseball what, though. Kind of. And it's hard. And, and, and for me, that's why I think like when I played, their incoming freshmen didn't go to summer ball at all. You know, this is where I look mm. at, I look at summer ball kind of a, like in, in that, in that line, he's talking about it's hard to do that in the season, you mm-hmm. know, and learn that in the season. And, and it's where summer ball for me kind of plays a, a good role in, in development. When guys go out their freshman year summer ball, I'm, I'm going to be on, I don't really, I, I look at their stats, but I, I just kind of take it for what it is. Like if I look at it, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, he's, if he does well and he's in a good situation, He's managing, playing with older people better, being a, alone better. Um, hmm. He's a little mature. He can he can do that. He he can handle um, the travel. He can handle the the daily grind of the game. All those things. So I look at it more like that, not like oh he's going to be really good for us come spring. No, like that's it. And then yeah, a guy is struggling. I don't look like oh he can't play for us. He sucks. It's more like, am I hearing? Does he want to go home? Does he hate it there? Is it this? Is it, I'm not playing enough. Is it all these things? And young me would have been like, he's soft, this and that. And I've been coached up 
because I've been able to work with really good people. I've been coached up to not be that way as much. Um, and it's more so like, okay, that's a coaching moment for him. And not just in baseball, but just in life. Like, okay, it's not going good for you. How do you adjust? Okay, you, you're not, you're playing every three games. Like you just brought like, and, and so you're 0 for 5, sit for three games, 0 for 5. Okay, let's say, do you expect to start day one as a freshman? No. Okay, if you don't play for the first 15 games and get your chance, are you going to use, and you go 0 for 5 and aren't very good, are you going to use playing not, not those for, are you going to, use an excuse that you didn't play for 15 games and 0 for five. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, then that's not, this game's going to be really hard unless you're a superstar prospect and all those things. And, and, um, but that's where, to your point, I was kind of, I, I think of summer ball as a, as a good way to, to help us identify when they're younger, when they're younger, the, mm-hmm. identify those guys that can deal with struggle or a freshman that goes out to the Cape and mm-hmm. struggles, you know, it's, Hey, it, it, it's your aunt, you're you're in the spotlight, like yeah. scouts, coaches, everything. Are you going to tough it out? Or are you going to come home? You know, and it's kind of one of those things that, and I don't fight them on it. If they want to come home, they come home. But it's just one of those things. Okay, if they come home, they have to get through that obstacle of what failure is and staring failure in the face and not letting it break them down. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think I think there is. Um, I don't want to say it's becoming popular, but I feel like it's a growing mindset that I'm seeing where people are looking at failure as like a good thing now. And, you know, there's something I'm try I try to adopt. I can definitely lose it uh, for myself personally. I mean, like, for example, this year, like getting hurt, it's like, okay, that's a, that's a big, you know, <laughs> quote unquote failure. That's a big step back. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, but when that happens, you got to take something out of it. You know, like you can't just like wallow in the failure or the setback. Yeah. Like that's not going to help you. You got to, find something to kind of take from you got to take something from that failure and then to like kind of tie that into the team game it's like okay yeah first inning they score three or whatever it's like game's not over you got eight innings to to get you know make those runs back like and that's it's also another thing too i feel like is like those those middle innings you know that two through six or like three through six where like you see the game kind of like die down a little bit and like the energy mm-hmm. kind of get low it's like those teams that every inning, it seems like they're putting the pressure on. It's like, yeah, you can tell that they're locked in. Like they're, they're not letting you get like a little one up in those, those, like those low energy innings. Like, and that is something I feel like the best teams are are really good at doing is like every single inning you're playing like the freaking ninth inning, you know? Yeah. Well, it's momentum. I mean, we talk about it's momentum and, and the thing we talk about all the time and our guys have really momentum is very fragile. You know, it's, it's, it's so fragile. And, and, and I get my biggest thing is, is when we talk about responding, like, let's say they put up four and we don't have a run. Like if we, they have, the team has all momentum, you know, yeah. has all the momentum. And if we can put together three good at bats, we just grab a little back. We don't need to score four. We just need to grab a little momentum back to yeah. get it back to neutral to where it's not like they're running away from it. It's like in basketball, they call a timeout. When the guy go, they go on a 12-0 run. Okay, let's just calm down. And let's reset and, and find our footing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and even even in wins and losses, like I talked about, when, when things are going good, you win five straight. Are you still practicing the same way? Are you showing up later? Are you a little more lethargic? Are you leaving things on the field when practice is done? Are you not putting things away? Like the game, and I tell them the game knows. Like it's not going to reward people that are inconsistent like that. It's it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. It never will. And 
Um, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing. And, and we talk about that all the time and, and it's something that I've, and these are all things you kind of just learn as you go, you know, and, and, and I try and just focus on, and sometimes I come off crazy where, um, I get mad when they put up a run and we have three terrible at bats and five pitches. And they're like, what's, it's not a big deal. It's still the second inning. It's like, well, no, yeah, I get it. It's the second inning. I didn't expect to score four runs, but I think we could have, we, we needed to have been better in response to what they did because they yeah. have all or even like yeah when when and and it goes like it, it's so the game of baseball is so awesome and funny at the same time we have bases loaded you know two outs big situation you have all the momentum in that moment but if you don't score the team coming off the field has all the momentum going into offense now you're yeah. on the ropes on defense we just hey if we can keep it to a zero or a one then we're back to neutral the first mm-hmm. batter is huge all this and that like it's such a it's and when you look at the game in that sense, it, it's it's exciting. Like like the third inning can be exciting, and that's where the goal is. It's like mm-hmm. how do you make the role of the game, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth inning, the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, exciting. And it's mm-hmm. little small wins like that where you can keep the momentum and the energy up, as opposed to don't look at it as nine innings. Look at it as how many times you can you can either keep momentum or get momentum back because that's the game. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we want to score runs, but energy leads to runs. And that's something I think Coach Esker is unbelievable at is the energy of a group. You know, he reads the energy of a group the best I've ever seen. He knows how to attack the energy of the group. He knows how to draw back if the energy is good enough. Like he knows Hmm. the balance of that so well. I'm not, I'm just one energy guy. I'm I'm very competitive. So I'm, I'm trying to learn that a little bit better, you know, Mm -hmm. like, there's times to be that way. There's times to back off. Da, 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 da. Like, and 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 that's something that surprised me as a coach because as a player, I was I was very just here. Like steady Eddie. Shocked if I got like angry or mad and da da da. da. And mm-hmm. and um, as a coach, I I find myself being a little more on the intense side than on the laid back side, hmm. which surprised me a little bit. And I think it has to do with just. I'm really close to these guys. We, we do a really good job of, of just building that relationship piece. I think mm-hmm. the fact that our recruiting classes are smaller yeah, helps. And the fact that a Stanford guy is a little bit more, um, I'm not going to say mature because that's not, that's not the word. Just they've had to do more uh, like harder classes, AP classes, deal with more adult things at sure. the age that they are. Yeah. Um, most people, you know, um, that that we are able to have more adult conversations with them you know there's less hand holding they're more regimented you know so yeah they're a little bit more like that so um it's been it's been it's been good to kind of have that balance and 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 i'm trying to learn to to be that way a little bit and find find when i need to be a little more intense and a little more relaxed but i think that's as a coach it's that's what it is like how do we balance as a staff how do we balance each other out yeah for the and I just want, and I, the reason I'm more competitive because I'm close to them and I want them to get everything they want out of the game. You know, like it's not, uh-huh. me. I don't really care what I do. You know, obviously <laughs> I want to win, but like, yeah, I want like Brock Jones. I want him to get everything he wants out of the game. Tommy Troy, everything he wants to like Carter Graham, Drew Bowser, mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Park, all those guys. And all the way down to the, the last guy on the roster, you know, cause they work so hard at it. You, when you're in the trenches with these guys, you, you can see how hard they work and how much they care. And, and a lot of times, if they, and, and you've been a psychology manager, they care too much. You got to get them to like draw mm. back, you know, and, and yeah. just, hey, let's take a breath, you know, 
Yeah. Well, so some, you know, well, I think that's a product of like the types of players you have to recruit. Like you said, they're, they're a lot more, well, not more, but just relative to the, you know, the typical player. It's like they are required to be the top of the line student and just very diligent in not only the academics, but also the athletics. So, you know, coming in that like, there's a huge expectation for those guys. And I'm sure, cause I, I did this when I, you know, went to the Stanford camp as a 14 year old, it was like, okay, I've got to be as close to perfect as possible to make it here. Like that was the expectation. And then I know that if I went there, like the expectation would have been through the roof and you know, that, that might've just been my own little like complex in my head, but like, it sounds like a lot of guys might do that. And you do have to say like, all right, <laughs> chill out for a little bit, you know, like you're here, like, great. Like let's, let's like take a step back and, you know, enjoy this, you know, enjoy the process of it all. Cause like we were talking about before, it's not linear in any sort of sense, nope. which I kind of thought about this this morning, actually. So in the physical sense, um, your progression is like never really linear in terms of development, like at all. Yeah. But in a way you kind of have to like trick yourself mentally and say like, okay, even though it looks like this, like on the way up, uh, if you can just stay like this, like if you can just accept that this is actually, you know, it's actually a mental like plus in a way, because you're able to take something from that. You can at least mentally say like, okay, yes, that failure is good. Okay. And Oh, now we're seeing success. We're still going up, still training up. We're never training down, you know, like whether, even if it is a physical result type of thing within the game of baseball, if you can maintain the, the mental sort of linear path, I feel like that's where guys can like really excel, like, specifically making sure that those physical shortcomings are actually things that you can, you know, use uh, in a positive way. So <laughs> that was my long form way of, of kind of getting to a point now where I'm, where we were talking about high school guys. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming up in high school. Um, yeah, I had some individual coaching. Uh, I think that's just because my dad was so dedicated to me. Like he, he wanted the absolute best for me. He wanted to give me all the opportunities possible to develop on that side but then also the travel ball teams i played with oh my gosh i mean most of the practice would be we're working on cuts relays we're working on bunt d like we're working on pickoffs like it's mostly fundamentals you know like rarely are we just ripping bp for an hour or um like playing scrimmages and then like stopping midway through to like show a guy something like it was not like that it was way more team-based and fundamental based mm -hmm. because we all knew that when we were playing that tournament in a couple weekends, like it would be our nine against your nine, not like, can I hit a double today? You know, it's like, no, can I move the guy over on uh, first and second, no outs with this bunt or, um, okay, I got to come in in a big situation. Like, can I get a guy out and save us, you know, this lead, this two run lead? Like it was way more team oriented. Like, I feel like I never thought about the game and like a, oh, this is all about me type of thing which is kind of funny because I actually didn't like going to showcase it that much. Like I was like, this is kind of dumb. Like, can't we just play a game and like, just do that? Yeah. Like I, ne I wasn't really a showcase guy, you know, I was more of like a, let's get in the game and like, let me show you, yeah. I can pitch, you know, like, let me, I can, I can get some guys out here. You know, I, who cares how hard I throw from the outfield, like whatever, you yeah. know? So I don't, maybe that's changing maybe. And maybe that's what's causing you to kind of have to make adjustments in that sort of way. Like once they get to school, I don't know, but maybe, maybe. 
It could, and and, and it definitely is because, and, and it's hard. Like I, I always, I used to talk with T, uh, Tommy Nicholson, Tinek about this a lot, you know, and, and, and yeah, the, the game has changed and we do, we do more coaching of baseball now than, than I think was done. And I could be, I could be crazy and be like, Oh no, we were the same way when I played, but I don't think we were, you know, but yeah. we do. I, I know just the, the, just the, from Bundy's to rundowns or first and thirds of situational, not that we do it a ton, but we have to coach it a lot more than I would ever anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a, a lot of it, and, and it's about the personal development is starts much younger, but also, man, this, this right here, the cell phone, there's so much information yeah. yeah, seven you can get. And then there's so much people can say about you and judge you on now. Then, Oh before. man. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, like in college, just, just, we're not even talking about, it's even down to a kids in eighth grade, seventh grade. Now they have these, they have the rankings of those kids, which is, Hey, hey it is what it is. I mean, it, you can, I, I'm not going to go down that road in, in terms of discuss arguing about it, but uh, I could comment. Just, in ter- <laughs> just in terms of the college game, like back in the day was you had baseball America and then you had this old website called rivals, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't even know what it was, but I knew it was rivals and they had, catcher rankings and shortstop rankings and there's two things you can look at now you have you have four different apps that people have access to that that you can you can look at and and it's Mm. there's more pressure on these young kids now to and you almost it's 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 fight or flight it's almost like okay i'm gonna make myself look good because if i don't there's so many people that can have an opinion about me now when before Mm -hmm. it was like when we talk about when we played with the team like your teammates and your coach are the only ones that really had and your parents had an opinion about you Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, exactly. and no one, no one would have known that you made a bad play or an error, or you were ranked this, or you did that. It was other than those people. Now there's people can go and look and see, like, oh, he had three strikeouts in today's game. He must suck. Let's drop him down to he was 12. Let's make him 25th. You know, oh, <laughs> I now the failure is even exaggerated, and 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 these guys, and that's where like we talk about being psychology. Like that's where you have to manage that and, and, and just mm. and, and like you talked about, if you, if you make development and, and your progression linear, it is really hard to mm-hmm. stay mentally focused and that's, that's mentally tough to the yeah. challenge this game brings, you know, with all the variables that you have that can, that can affect you, you yes. know, but, but that's, that's, that's one thing I'll give these guys, like a, a lot of these kids credit where again, as a, as a coach, these, the, all these points have been brought to my attention as a young coach and kind of looking like it, it took a conversation with Teenick and Teenick bringing that up for me to be like, look back and like, man, that is, that's so true. Like they, they have a lot of pre- like, and I put myself in their shoes and I'm not even that far removed. I'm, I'm 10 years older than the oldest guy on our team, which isn't that, that big of a gap, you mm-hmm. know, but if you're talking about cell phones and apps and accessibility to performance, it you might as well be a hundred years, you know. Just whole just, new world. Whole new world, and and I put myself in their shoes and how I responded, and and I tell the guys a story of I was really good my sophomore year of college for about three weeks, mm. like like really good. I made it to like number two in rivals catching, and I saw that, and I had my green arrow right next to my name was going up, you know. I was like, I'm the best. I'm gonna do this, mm-hmm. and then I started being my normal self which is a very average hitter slightly <laughs> below average and you start seeing your, your name go lower lower and the green and the green arrow now turns to a red arrow pointing down 
Yeah. You know, and I tell these guys, I tell these guys like, and that affected me. Like I put it now, it's like, okay, for me to, I got to do this, to do that, to do this, to get back where I was. Now people are going to think, think that I suck. And that was, yeah. one, that was one publication. One. And they probably saw you play once or twice. Yeah. Or read a stat sheet. I read a, a stat bit. sheet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was, I, they just look in the country's home run list and I had, I ran into four balls at, and one was at an academy that had a 270 foot fence in right field and there are pop-ups that went over the fence. So like they just based on that. Mm. And, but yeah, just that alone affected me so much. And then I put myself like, wow, if I had rivals times 20, how would I have, I would have to be a lot tougher than I was, mm. you know, and that's how these guys have to be now. And, and yeah, the system and the structure of how it, how it is for them is, is I don't think it's, it's fair for them, especially at a, such a young age and what they have to deal with, but it's also something, a fact that they have to deal with it. And, and, and it's a demand that the player, they have, they, if they want to be great, they have to handle, you know, mm-hmm. and I also let them know that like, Hey, I don't envy you, but if you want to be great, there's guys that are great that, that handle this the right way and do it well and, and know what to do with it. And let's, let's get there together, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where the that's where that's where the the reality needs to set in for for these guys that really have aspirations to be um, a super talented collegiate player and a, and a professional player. You know, not even just a big leader, just a professional player. Yeah. Um, and, and they have to they have to stare these realities in the face and 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 tackle them. You know, and, and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean be great, but just hey, for every good thing that's said about you, there's a bad thing that's said about you. You know, yeah. what, what oh. really matters is what you think of yourself and. The people that care about you are there for you and 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 you're willing to work to be the best player you can be. And that's if you can really hone in on those things, then everything else is noise. E- and I, easier said than done. Way easier said than done for sure. But mm-hmm. I think having that support and kind of I think I think addressing it head on is is a good way for them to handle it. You know, if they run away from, yeah. from it, I've had guys run away from it and it's been a disaster. Disaster. Well, it when you say run away from it too, it's really easy to do that. And you made a really good point about when guys are failing, they feel this urge like to change something. They're like, something's got to change. I got to make an adjustment here, whether it's mechanical, mental, anything. They, they feel they might have to make an adjustment somewhere. And I feel like more times than not, that's not the case. If anything, you need to just uh, adapt a little bit of stick-to-itiveness. You actually need to stay the same and really see it through, but it's so easy now to look at, you know, media or whatever. You might come across Twitter, you see a new hitting stance or a new preset, like kind of put your hands here. It's like, oh yeah, let me just try that. Let me just do some experimentation. And I'm, I mean, I'm, you're, I'm the guy when it comes to that. It's like, oh yeah. Like I would love experimenting. That's so fun. I love doing that. Like trying new stuff. It's great, but it might come at a cost of like, okay, how much experimentation are you going to do and let like, you know, let you have, or let yourself have a couple bad outings in a row before you try to stick with something and just see that through, you know, like, and that, like I said before in pro ball kind of allow you to do that. Like you're yeah. kind of, it's okay to struggle for a few weeks, you know, like that, that might be part of it. Cause they're, they're waiting on that, that downturn to kick right back up, you know, assuming you're, probably sticking to what you're trying to adjust but in college you just can't do that no you, you it's hard like so your your hours are limited you get them in the fall for a couple months and then they leave you for about a month and a half 
and then they come back in season and six weeks is your first game, you know, and, and, and in the game of baseball, that's not a lot of time, you know, and now that's not an excuse. And then you play 50 games. So a big adjustment takes, could take two weekends, three weekends. If you're, if your body, if your body awareness is really good, two weekends, if your body awareness is bad, it could take a whole year to, to finally figure it out. And when you figure it out, yeah. there's 15 games left and your numbers are what your numbers are going to be. Right. And, and it's hard, but like I try, and, and this may sound way, like it's obviously more complicated than I'm saying it. I try and break it down to each guy into, into two things, you know, in terms of, of, of what we're trying to do in their personal development, their swing. Now these two things can be, each can be five pages long, but you're trying to make your organic strength and your swing and your movements. I use, I like to use the term movements over mechanics. I think it just semantics matter to me. I really believe in the power of words for sure. And, and I think movements just promote athleticism, freedom, um, competitiveness, where if you go mechanics, if you think mechanics, you're automatically thinking stiff, robotic, internal. Yeah. Yeah. When you want to get movements, you're like, okay, I'm flow, external, everything's out and out and about. Like just saying movements, I want to move. And then mechanical, I'm like, have to, mm. your eyes go up when you say mechanics, you're thinking. Like you don't want yeah. to do that. Yeah. So I like, I like to movement. use movement. Staying in the body. Yes. And, and so our, each guy trying to say, well, what's our organic strength? And that, when I say strength, I mean movement, not like just physical strength. And, and let's say there's swing, mm. you know, and, and then what's our, our organic deficiency? And my first thing I ask him is, do you know what your organic strength is and your organic deficiency is movement wise? Mm. Yeah. You know? And, and I, I give them my example when I was like, I, I hit left, throw right. I said, Mm -hmm. Hey, so for me, guys, my organic strength is I didn't strike out a lot. So I could, I could have some good front end with my, my, my bottom hand. Cause I can get the bat to the ball. Now it wasn't, may not have been hit hard, but I had good front end. Mm. Okay. That was a strength of mine. If I was on time and got to my front end, I could hit on the line and be consistent. You know, mm. my deficiency would be my backside was weak. Cause it was my weak side when it needs yeah. to be strong, most explosive strong side. So I would collapse. I would, I would drag, I would slide. I wasn't, wouldn't deliver hmm. so I could get there, but not deliver. So those are my, my things. And then, and then certain guys would be like, like, again, like Malcolm Moore, when he, he has a lot of natural strengths, hmm. his deficiency is sometimes when he's open, he has a Verdugo kind of move. Everyone, I, I didn't yeah. realize it's Verdugo ish, but when his first move is to turn to, to scoop, he gets in trouble. Yeah, it so, kind of rotates a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, for us, it's it's about, and that's just an, one example. Every guy we go over this and 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 mm -hmm. we say, hey, what we're trying to do, obviously we want to get better. No doubt we want to adapt, but the core principle of what we're trying to do is keep our organic deficiency at bay and keep our organic strength consistent as possible. Mm -hmm. That'll allow us to slowly climb up the mountain. Yes. You know, and that's how I that's how I try and simplify it for these guys. Hold on one second. Sorry. Well, it makes it really easy. I'll just say this right now while you're doing something like that actually uh, approach, I feel like is something a lot of guys need, especially maybe a Stanford guy. You know, they might need that. They may need that simplification. You know, again, a guy like me who loves to like overanalyze and, you know, we love that quote uh, or not that quote, but that phrase like analysis by or paralysis by analysis. Right. It's just like that where you, you want to look too deep into things and uh, you want to change, again, uh, every little mechanical cue. It's like, mm, do we really need to break everything down? Like, 
it's all said and done baseball you're you're making a swing you know you're not doing a math problem you know in the box (laughs) 100 that's hard and that's that's hard and that's that's more the battle than anything is is simplifying over um complicating you know and and it's easy Mm -hmm. to it's easy to complicate you know it's you have again this is you have access to all this stuff yeah and I do my best not to fight anything. I'm, I'm pretty open-minded. You know, if a guy wants to try something, okay, I just ask a lot of questions. But why? And it's not me being, it's like, if they have an understanding of why not just to do it or not because someone else does it, but why it would help them, let's do it. I'll, I'll mm. give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. But if it's for the other two reasons, then they're not truly understanding what it is. Because I do believe like, if you have an open mind and a pretty good understanding of how things work you can grab something good from everything you know like it could be the guy you hate the most you know what i mean yeah. but if you have an open mind okay i didn't like 99 percent of that but that one percent i think i can use with this guy so i got a positive out of it or okay even if it could be like hey that's cheap training a bad move but how would i combat that okay i got better because okay i know how to combat that a little bit and understand how not to do that a certain mm-hmm. way if that, if that makes sense like yeah but it if does. You just shut it out then then you're 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 essentially shutting out a player that's gonna because a player's gonna a player's gonna come to me with something they see on tiktok or twitter or instagram yeah i was gonna or, ask or, they're, they're going to like and, and i know that and a lot of times I, yeah. I i i like to stay i like to stay um neutral progressive and relevant with the times so okay. i look at all these things so like i have a tiktok i have an instagram i have a twitter i go on it with a kid now it's way less than i used to but mm. um after those 3 a.m diaper change and you're falling back to sleep you go and you see things and it's like a lot of times i, I take pride in and hey oh yeah i saw that i saw that the other day too yeah mm. let, let's go over that why and, and this and do you understand what this is teaching us and da, 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 da. And, and and i think they have a little more understanding that you're not fighting them. You're mm-hmm. working with them. And it's a lot of we versus you and me, you know, and, and yeah. my, goal, my goal is, 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 is whenever, and I do, I, try, I fail at this a lot, you know, I'm a human, but I, I try and we try to, to incorporate we, when we're discussing failures as a team or not the result we wanted, you know, it's mm-hmm. not players and coaches. It's hey we're with you in the trenches. We're working with you. We demand a lot from you and you guys work hard. And when we don't get what we want, it's a, we, and so in training, we try and incorporate that too. And I tell the guys, my goal for, for us is for me to essentially be your eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. and for you to be your coach, your best hitting coach. Yeah. And I'm here to help. That's the goal. Does it happen that way? Very, doesn't very rarely you know i think it's happened with a few guys you know by the third year they i was their eyes and they were their movement coach and hitting coach and can understand what they're doing i'm trying to do this okay mm. this is what i see try this okay oh okay i got it coach well let's do it and then rep it out mm-hmm. you know that's the goal i think that's i think pretty much every hitting coach's goal is for them to become their best hitting coach you know um yeah yeah but but it, there's got to be that relationship to it too. And, and if you fight anything they bring forward, it's going to be, it, it's, it, that's going to be hard because you're, you're questioning what, because in their eyes, they're, they're they want to get better, you know? And I think, yeah, I think they, they, in their eyes, that's the best way they're going to get better. And, and, it, and as a coach with a lot of knowledge, you know, it's probably not, 
the best way. So if you don't have a, another way or a way to understand that a little bit better to get it to them, again, it goes to being a, 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 a Jedi. You have to be a little bit of a Jedi with the Jedi master with it. And, and mm. that's what this game is. But, um, but I think, I think in terms of that relationship, in terms of the hitting coach and the player, it's a big deal. And I think, I think players are more knowledgeable than we give them credit for too. You know, I think that's one yeah. thing. Oh, for sure. That's one thing I I've learned and, and, and players aren't stupid, you know, and, and now they, they may be, I'm not going to use the word stupid. They may be emotional in game at times because they're young competitive guys, sure. you know, and make dumb decisions in game at times, but their process to get to the game very rarely is dumb now, you know, it may be, maybe some mm-hmm. things you don't agree with, but there's a lot of, and, and maybe I'm speaking just from a Stanford experience, I guess, sure. and, and, and UCLA experience because mm-hmm. I work with guys there and work with the really smart guys there too. Um, there, there's always, for the most part, I say 95% of the time there's logic behind their work, you know, mm. now there's not, not, sometimes there's not much intention and conviction behind the work, but there's logic. Yeah. You, know, you can combine the two, then you get what you want. But yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a long winded way of kind of going through how the, the, how things aren't linear. You know what I'm saying? Well, and for hitting specifically. I think it's really easy to use the success that you're seeing by some of the approaches that are brought on in the social media world and that are promoted in the social media world um, that's being applied to maybe even big leaguers. You know, you see a big leaguer having a success with a certain way of hitting. You're like, Hey, that makes sense for him. Like, why can't I try that? Like, what if it works for me? Like there's some logic behind that too. So you're just like, okay, well, what's the point of fighting it? Because if I'm going to fight it, then I'm fighting him, you know? Yeah. And the, you know, the social media, they might provide like the, um, the tool or the, the technique, right? But they can't, they can't provide the, the relationship and they cannot provide the, the work that goes in between it. And that's kind of the, uh, that's like the, the, well, the importance of your role that a lot of hitters, you know, coming to college need to really prioritize is like, okay, if I'm going to be with this coach for three years, which you should be because by year three, like you guys are going to be dialed into like what you need, then you need to really prioritize the, how are we going to attack, you know, how I can succeed. It's not like, you know, how can I get him to agree with like what I want to do, you know, like it, it has to, it has to be a cohesive relationship social media doesn't provide that that's kind of that's the only little thing i have with the social media kind of like influence is like it just doesn't provide that sort of like uh but you know um in between games kind of dialogue or a mini adjustments they got to make you know it's it's a little bit too blankety right like there's so much more that goes into hitting especially during a season than just saying like oh i just got to remember to like have my hands like here or here or here like it's not it's not just right mechanics you know it's 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 little things it's changes that you make that you don't even know you're making like and for you to catch those you know it's like you you need someone to have that like you can't do it all on your own and just like with the use of of twitter or whatever it is but now i am kind of curious um because i saw a clip actually about something that a lot of big league hitters are doing where like 
I want to see. Yeah, okay. So I can I can show you. I'm seeing like someone kind of pointed out like a lot of the best hitters right now. Like you're seeing them, they don't have their hands close in. They actually have them like out like here. I mean, this is like Matt Olson right here, right? And you got Acuna, he's like kind of down here, just kind of like lets it lets it stay out here. And the rationale behind that, I think, was it's so that when they load, they're getting into like a scapper traction without rotating too much. Cause if you're close here, you might rotate a little mm-hmm. kind of like with the Malcolm Moore thing. Like, you know, maybe he's like kind of like, you know, as an anecdote, but with the hands out, which is something that looks pretty unorthodox, you're like, Hmm, it kind of does. It does keep the, the plane steady in a way. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I am kind of curious to your take on that. Cause I saw that and I'm like, shoot every hitter they brought up really good like yeah they're all doing it why have we not seen any more of that like well, is this well i think i i like, what think what is this it's cool i i think i it's really cool because and and and, and it goes into and this is just me giving you my my personal opinion on things yeah. i think it's it it goes to understanding how your players move you know yeah. what i mean like completely so I'm sure for every guy that that's worked for, there's a guy that that didn't work for, you know, and I think mm-hmm. people get so focused on traditional look, you know, or a certain look or a certain, well, this is how it needs to be done. Just like pitching. Like, was there, I, to this day, don't know what perfect mechanics looks like in pitching. You can see, you can like clean. I, I know what clean looks like. I know what, but yeah. if you, can, you sit here and tell me that's a, those are perfect mechanics. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's there's no perfect there's no perfect. there's no perfect just like there's yeah. no right stance there's no yeah just man on the trophy stance you know what i'm saying it goes mm-hmm. to how your body moves how much um flexibility you have in your center how well you use the ground how athletic you can be on time moving forward into your scab mm. uh fire forward hit decel hit the brakes finish through all those things you're not going to do perfectly yeah, but how can you be as efficient as possible with how you move? Like, yeah. hey, like, and and that's I I take a lot of pride. I take a lot of pride in in our our team the last three years because um, we have a great staff, you know. And and if you look through our lineup, every single guy had a different stance and moved to hit, and and it was very individualized. Yeah. And, and oh and, yeah. And they all were pretty good, you know, and, and and mainly kudos to them for putting in the work and understanding how they move. But that's one thing I, I hope I, I, as a coach, I can stick with is not to be the robotic cookie cutter guy, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and not saying that the Braves are by any means. I mean, they, they, when you're at that level, you scout and you draft and you trade for a certain type. Like I'm sure they have a model. Oh with, Yeah. With, numbers and analytics and measurements body wise I mean, okay we these guys we need to get these guys because we can do this and we can do that and it's good uh, we're, we're stanford we don't have that i don't know until they get to me i don't know what any of their metrics are other than maybe two games at an event you know which is a small sample yeah. size but mm-hmm. but I, I like that in the sense because i'm all for and, and coach eskers really helped me out with this i'm all for unorthodox if it if if it means you're efficient, don't yes. be an orthodox to be an orthodox. But like, yeah, yeah. Like we have guys like like people people would get on Brock Jones' sophomore year where he he actually had better numbers and stats his junior than his sophomore year, but everyone loved his sophomore year. 
he for a little bit had his bat flat out like this and hmm. and people are like who does that why is he doing that that's that's dumb he's not gonna hit like that it doesn't and look good like, and, and you go by and you go back to where you put in the work you understand and, and it allowed him to get a feel so he doesn't arm bar and wrap his shoulder there sure. here like this now when he goes forward it just gets into that that slot to where he can deliver and if you yeah. can get an athlete like brock jones to deliver clean the results are going to be there you know and, and yeah i've been so blessed and lucky to work with like guys like brock and alberto and carter graham and Todd. you name it i've been lucky to work with these guys who you know what they're such good kids they're such hard workers and and they just want to be good at their craft and if i if i told them to swing with on one foot in a drill they would do it and not question it you know because because yep. they would they could because and, and i'm not saying that's the way to go but it was because they had trusted me and i trusted in their work that they were going to be able to find a way to be as efficient as possible you mm -hmm. know and, and and that speaks more to them than to me by miles you know because they, yeah. they're so good individuals and hardworking people and i've been so that they they don't flinch because they they understand that hey, what we're doing, what they are doing, what the hours they're putting in, the work they're putting in is going to show up on the field. And they didn't care. And, mm. and they didn't have an ego. They didn't care how it looked. They trusted that it was going to produce on the field. And, and really it did, you know, and, and Hey, the one thing I, I and kind of a transition, I hope, but one thing I've learned yeah. about technology and, and analytics and movement and all those things is before you would have to try um because it's not about training to a number you know this is my experience as a hitting coach you don't want to train to a number per se you know in terms of like let's okay. say for example blast motion you know let's say yeah yeah i want to get your rotational acceleration through the roof you know let's train let's let's do not not necessarily you know you want it to be good obviously because it tells us what happened sure. um but you're not doing that but what, what you're doing is is it's the analytics the movements the technology all these things it's helping you limit trying 15 different things to hey we know it's in this general movement pattern that we're having a deficiency in or not yeah. what we, need to be. we have four to five things we can try to fix this which one's going to work for you mm -hmm. that's that's something that i've i've learned as, as as a coach a little bit that hey and i've embraced those things big time we have embraced those things big time um in in, in our coaching it's it's hey you don't have you, we talked about earlier we don't have a lot of time with these guys you know, mm. you don't want it. You don't want to just put a bunch of band-aids on things. And, and, and it's not a band-aid if you have the right information, you know, and, and Hey, we're yes. any adjustment you make, you have to sell it. Anything you, you're trying to do, you have to sell it. Why, what's it going to do? How's it going to be done? What's it going to show? Mm -hmm. You know, And, and, and you got to be able to do that. And, and technology and analytics and those things have, have, have helped me as a coach kind of Hey, because it's think about it as a player at about after about five drills or five attempts, you're like, this is a lost cause. I don't know. Well, what are we going to, I need to do this on my own. You know, I think like you go back to my, like, this is my fifth different stance. This is my fifth different hand placement. This is my, by then you're kind of like, uh, you, you have a helpless feeling, you know? Yeah. And, and I've been lucky to deal with resilient players that, Hey, they'll, they'll try 12 different things before they quit, you know? I wasn't yeah. as resilient as our guys. If it was five, after five adjustments, if it didn't work without information, I'm like, uh, hand, palms up, hands up. 
you know, and, and I think right. that's where if you use the technology and analytics that, that way, it's really helped us minimize the, the, or actually I'd say more focus on an area where, okay, we have four different things we can try, which one's going to work for you. Let's get after it. And there's, there's yes. that like, okay, there's that like, oh, there's a, there's a, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's not just like, I'm keeping going down this tunnel. Like there's some mm -hmm. light yeah. and then, and then you just keep working to it, you know, but that's where I think, I think that's that adjustment in the game has helped out a lot. And, and, and again, I deal with really intelligent, hardworking young men who I'm very lucky to work with and they've, they're willing to work at everything, you know? So it's been, it's been pretty good there, but mm -hmm. I, I have enjoyed that process big time with these guys. Well, the willingness is for me, one of the most important things and to kind of paint a picture here, I love looking at it like, um, uh, and a pilot in a cockpit, right? Looking at their dashboard of all the dials and things that they can adjust, right? Or you're looking at a computer or a DJ board, right? Like you have all these things you can mix around and, and make adjustments with. And you're getting players where most of those things are already sort of finely tuned to an extent. Like mm -hmm. you don't need to completely reconfigure the whole thing. No. Like you already have a good framework of what's going on here. You just need to find that little section where you're like, okay, I could turn that dial, maybe turn that dial. And all right, that's all you needed. Like just that, or maybe we turned it this way instead of this way or little tiny things. But for a hitter to come in and be like, no, don't touch that dial. Nope. Doesn't work. No, don't, don't No. It's like, what are we doing here? I thought this is we versus, you know, you versus me. It's like, yeah. Just, you got to be open-minded about this, you know? And hey, maybe the maybe that first edition doesn't work, but it's like, you got to have that open-mindedness to like try it out. Like that is, oh, that is like so important. And yeah, like this kind of goes for all college baseball players too, in terms of the like, yeah, you, you've done something right to get there. So like the framework is there. Now it's just kind of like fine-tuning the details, you know, a little bit. And, and for you guys, it's the amount of time that you get with them, you know, like that time, like you're going to become way more accustomed to like what works for them. And I love what you said about like <laughs> the, the look of it. Like it doesn't have to look perfect. Like I, I love seeing guys as unorthodox swings because it's like, Oh, I know that even though I think it looks funky as hell, like they love that swing. I, they, they have to, like, there's no way they're swinging like that if they don't feel great when they make that swing. Yes. Yes, 100%. And like, like that's got to be most of it, right? Like, you got to feel good when you're swinging. And, and you know? it has to, it has to be, it has to be fluid. You know, like, yeah. whatever fluidity is to you and your swing, it has, you have to be in a position to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and kind of what, what you were saying in terms of like um, being open minded, I would, I would say, and I know we, you, this audience is like young players and, and, and coaches and things like that. I, I would say, and I'm constantly working at this all the time, but for a player, I think communication is going to be one of the most important things at, to get in the next level. And then even more so in the professional level, because you don't have the same coach for three years. You have different, you, you've probably, how many, you probably have over 10 already. You know, <laughs> you got to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? In terms of yeah, right. um, pitching coaches or rehab to all the, like you've had 10 different sets of eyes with an opinion on you. Yeah. You know, so your ability to communicate with, with those people has to be high. Cause if not, then you're just overloaded with information. There's no understanding, you know, mm -hmm. there's no, you know, there's no connection. 
You know, mm. and I think, I think we, part of the reason we love being on a team and in, in baseball, it's not only that we're good at it, you know, in, in terms of the skill, but we like being, we like being with other people. We like, like progressing. We like seeing result through work and all those things. Mm. And, and you can't do that without, you need help. It's, everyone needs help. No one does it by themselves. And impossible. I think your ability to communicate and, and is, and you need to have a relationship. Your ability to communicate maintains that. And it goes with a lot of things. Marriage, my ability to communicate in my marriage makes it stronger. You know, um, mm. as my daughter gets older, our ability, ability to communicate is going to help our relationship. You know, player to coach, I'd rather have an over communicator, a guy that's too honest, that speaks his mind too much, than mm. a guy that doesn't say anything or that yeah. holds things in, you know, and I think that's where, and maybe, and that's my, more my personality. And, and it depends on what your personality is. You know, I'm not asking if you're a quiet reserve guy to be super talkative, but when we get in the cage and it's just one-on-one, -on -one, Hey, if you don't think if you don't like it, tell me you don't like, it and tell me why I'm not going to yeah. get my, there's no hurt feelings. It's, it's going to help us get to where we want to get to. That's the ultimate goal. You know, yeah. if you're a player that, that has opinions, you know, and obviously all this is in a professional setting, mature setting, but if you're a player that has opinions and you're the guy that shares his opinion after the failure and not during the work, then, then, then you're, you're, you're not really about it. You know, don't be the guy, like if you're going to be the guy that shares your opinion after the failure, but not during the work, then the failure is on you because yeah. the guy that's in there helping you out, he's not in there just to waste his time. He's in there to, to work with you. Or else, or else you wouldn't be in there, you know? And, and, mm -hmm. and that's where I think it gets, it gets difficult. And we talked about social media and all those things. And that's not, that's where it's not ingrained as much during the season, you know, and, and, uh, or excuse me, ingrained as much in terms of what you see on social media, but mm -hmm. uh, where we, why we kind of get into coaching is that relationship, you know, at least for me, I get, I, I like, I like the relationship I have with our guys, you know, it's, it's relaxed. It's, 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 understanding um in between the lines there's a standard that we need to meet day in and day out but mm. I, communication is and it's a two-way street you know i have to be able to communicate i can't just come out and be um I almost swore but i can't come out and just be <laughs> yelling and super strict and all this stuff without without them understanding why you know that's not fair to them you know like why is steve like this today is he just going to be like this okay how are they going to respond to that you know mm. like because again we got, and it may be different because I'm at Stanford and I've been at UCLA, but the guys aren't stupid. You know, they're, they're, they deal with things, but a young player moving forward into their careers in college or professional baseball, I would say communicate, be, have an open mind. And, 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 and if you're going to have an opinion, express that opinion in a professional way um, because it does nobody any good to have the opinion after the failure when you didn't have it in the work. That's just, it's just, it's a recipe for failure, you know, or else yeah. that, that had no intention and no conviction. And it's not, it's, it's doomed from the start, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I think another like little tidbit to add on top of that too, is uh, along the lines of at first you don't succeed, try and try again. If at first you guys don't get along, try, try again. Like there's, yeah. there's more to that. You got to peel the layers back. Like you, <laughs> I've heard, a, you know, I'm not uh, calling anyone out or anything like that, but I, I've definitely heard coaches talk about how they have like a, a fit, like they're looking for like a fit of a player. And I, I do see a lot of merit in that because 
it fits like a culture piece or a style piece with the group that you have and, you know, what you found that can be successful. But on a person to person basis, if you don't quote unquote jive with the guy, you know, from the jump, it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Just like not keep working at it. Like it's not, (laughs) I think about this because (laughs) I've, I've had plenty of friends where we didn't get off great on the, uh, you know, uh, on the, we didn't get off on the right foot from the jump, Mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, I'm also thinking about my like closest friend from college. Like he, he told me straight up. He's like, dude, at first I thought you were a D bag. Like I, I did, I thought you were just like so entitled and like, I did not like you. And I was like, wow. That mean, at first that takes some sweet. Yeah. It takes some balls to say, Yeah, it takes some balls to say, but then he was like, no, but then I found out, you know, I looked deeper into it that. No, I actually, I think you're a great guy. Like, I, and we get along and I'm like, I'm happy that I stuck with that, you know? And I'm, I'm like, dude, more people need to do that, you know? Cause well, now we're getting into, now we're getting into, oh, it doesn't work out. Jump ship, transfer portal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right. That's, that's, that's a, di- that's a tough one. That's <laughs> it's brutal. That's a different, so- different animal. And, and, and it is what it is, but it, but more so what, what you were saying on that, like, um try try again you know like mm-hmm. one thing and, and again everything i talk about i'm constantly working at every single day every single year mm-hmm. year to year and, and learning and i tell i try and tell our guys a lot um i know i did at the end of this year that i learned as much from them as they learned from me you know if not more like they these young men they 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 teach me things every single year that yeah help make me better as a person you know i've i've yeah i've changed a lot as a person from when i got here and coach these guys to where i am now mm-hmm. you know and, and and my principles haven't changed and, and my my core personality hasn't changed dramatically but just my understanding of things and my ability to uh, adjust to things has changed a lot and it's because of these guys mm-hmm. and and one thing i always try and work on is and it's it's been the case with a couple guys Hmm. And I used to, again, and, and I, I can't thank the guys I work with more and like coach Esker, coach eager and, and mm-hmm. strength coach Gunner. And we, we have an unbelievable staff, Andre CJ, unbelievable group of guys that I, I get along with really well that have coached me up on life a lot too. But hmm. I mean, you, you get, you get guys and, and, and I, and then you look back on your own experience, the growth from a kid's freshman year to a sophomore year is so drastic so oh, like if you just if yeah. you think of how you were as a freshman to how you were by the end of your sophomore year of college mm-hmm. it, it is it, the, the maturity the confidence just the you're dealing with a, a different person now their beliefs things aren't that different but you're just dealing with an adult or more of an adult and then hey yeah sophomore to junior year they deal with more depending on where they are in the game of of, of baseball it's they have mm-hmm. to start making adult business decisions. They start viewing things differently. Relationships are different. The, so every year, that's why I like being in the college game is because I get these guys for three years minimum. If there's mm. no portal, you know, I hope three years, three years. Yeah. Minimum. yeah. Um, but, but you get to see that their growth as a person, you know, and, and I think mm. if you don't, and, and you communicate with them differently based on year to year, and it's not because they're been there longer or did more or they're no, they they're they're different people. Yeah, know? they're growing. Because that four year, the eighteen to twenty two, or your your freshman to senior year or super senior year, 
think like it's just such a transitional period in your life. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Actually, different from from me being an eighteen year old stepping foot on UCLA's campus to when I let's say I was stay my to twenty two, my mm-hmm. second year of pro ball. Come, I I I couldn't was a completely different person, completely mm-hmm. different person, acted different, and was communicated differently too as well. You know, and and I mm-hmm. communicated different, and I think that gets undermine a little bit that just because it's not you treat them differently because they're freshman sophomore junior senior it's just they're different people you know and, and well you have to yeah you have to treat them differently and you can't just you can't just put them in in a different like if the way they were there as a freshman that's not who they're going to be that's not who they are the next year so don't just like well he's this guy i'm done with them like you can't you can't be that way you just, yeah you, just, you know yeah mm-hmm. you think and the biggest I, catalyst of that though is just like the natural progression of college mm-hmm. pretty much Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. I mean, you're, you're like, again, you're not with mom and dad. You, you're the school structure isn't as, as regimented. It's, it's, you really have to decide whether you pass or fail a class, you know, you, oh, you for sure. Yeah. Homework, you know, um, you put yourself to bed. You are in charge of when you eat, you um, uh, have to show up to practice. You have to, mom and dad have no say in your playing time you know they can have opinions and want to have it but they have no say you only have say in your playing time mm. mom and dad aren't scheduling the lessons for you or you don't have a you put in the like so you you are in charge of your own career and life a little bit more and like you said the yeah. progression of college and then you and then you pay rent you have to you're in okay like ucla we lived on campus two years and then you paid rent your third year on now there's a bill there's cable there's electric there's all these things you're like whoa and, yeah and so yeah it's kind of things you never thought of and like you said the, the natural progression of college changes that for sure but mm. i i i think that plays in a big part of what what happens on the field too you know mm. like we had a couple seniors last year one was henry gar every year we've I've had henry gargas uh grant burton austin kretschmar vincent martinez um Alex Williams, these guys, uh, Zach Gretsch. I mean, these names that you hear. Uh, um, and when they're by then, they're so like for me, I, I kind of laugh I, the way I sound. I sound like an old man, but they're more grown. Like they're another coach to me. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. can, I can talk to them like another. They, they see the game in a different light. They're not as emotional with decisions being made and all of those things. And and I just I, I just make a joke and just call them assistant coaches. <laughs> like I'll just say, I'll even like in meetings, I'll, I'll be like right Gargus, like last year with Gargus, right Gargus, and he goes, "Yep." Or if I, if I needed to check in with somebody, I would, uh, and Gargus is in the dugout, I'd check in with him, you know, and he's like mm. a, a, a pseudo coach for us, which is yeah, it empowers them, it's fun, it keeps it light, but it's also a real thing. Like he's matured that much, and he's a senior, then I can communicate with him on that kind of level, you know. And if, mm-hmm. again, I I I'd like to think it's. It, you're able to do that everywhere. You know, I really do, but I've been lucky enough to be where I am now and been able to do that. And it's helped me be a much better coach. In my opinion, other people would probably say no, but I think it'd be much, I've been a much better coach because of that for sure. Uh, I'm thinking about like the, so you're talking about like the natural progression or I kind of mentioned the natural progression. You kind of just need that in order to grow. And I think the real catalyst is accepting that that's going to happen and then just jumping on that as soon as possible, jumping on those responsibilities that you've never done them before, but 
Now it's turning into your life. You're like, we've talked about all those little things that you're going to have to take full responsibility of. It's like, if you can just dial those in as soon as possible, really embrace those, embrace the suck. If you want to call it that, then if you can get really good at doing that, it makes um, showing up early for the workout or uh, putting on the tarp early or having a long practice that actually becomes the fun part of your day. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't become yeah, it work. Does. You know, it's like the guys like uh, also in pro bowl, like the guys that are succeeding the most or they have the best attitude. They're not showing up to the field. Like, dang. All right. Yep. Well, game one twenty-five. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they're like, let's go yeah. beat somebody. Dude. Like, let's go. Yeah. This is like, we're here. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. Like they're high energy. Like they want to be there. You know, it's because, it, it is the best part of the day. They realize yeah. they're like, no, I got all this other stuff I got to worry about. Let's have fun. Like, this is it. Which 100%. is why I guess the, the make baseball fun again thing is like, I, I feel like that's also uh, like, I, I think about like Bryce Harper, stuff like that. Like, I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards that is because like, yeah, isn't that the whole point of this? Is like, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be the best part of our day is like going on the field and like trying to hit nukes. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, right? why, that's why you do everything else is to be able to do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But, but when you're in high school, there's none of that. There's none of that. Like, so, you know, the baseball part, it's like, oh no, it's this thing. Like it's this, uh, it's this like big goal that I have to like, try and achieve. It's almost like, it does kind of feel a little bit more like a job where it's like, oh, if I don't make it like, oh, I'm failing. Like that's, that's, that's a, it's just too much pressure. Yeah. Way too much pressure. And, and yeah. it's not a job yet. It's not like college baseball is is the last time other than really playoffs in the major leagues where mm. you get to play with a group of guys that they're all together you all want to win you have these little gimmick handshakes and these little things going on it's it's because it's the last time so it, it, if you mm. treat that like a job it's when it becomes your job it's going to be really really difficult you know and like you said the guys i've been around that have been the best and succeeded the best and 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 have done it and mm-hmm. they, 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 they just step foot into the program and treat it like the college game. You know, it's the best part of their day. They enjoy being with the boys. They love hanging out. Mm-hmm. They, if it, if it's, they have a bad game. Okay. Let's go get it tomorrow. Let's put in the work. Let's go get it tomorrow. I'm not going to let it ruin. I'm not going to stay at home and be miserable on this, on that. I, I sucked. And no, it's like, all right, let's get it tomorrow. Let's get to work. And I think that's, that's, that's a big part of it. And that's, I mean, mm-hmm. Hey, that's, that's part of, developing that's why i think a lot of guys need college and and to go to college for that reason so yeah they learn how to balance that so when it becomes their livelihood it's not a big shock mm. you know for my, my personal opinion on it yeah it's it's both a balance and an ability to separate life and baseball um i've found for myself being able to like remove myself from the game mentally like has been also really um what's the word therapeutic almost like for my uh relationship with the game because there'd be i remember last season i went through like a a tough a couple weeks i think it was two or three weeks in a row where i was messing with something new and i like every day was like in catch play just before the game trying to figure something out and make it get it consistent and uh, i'm just i'm just like burying my head in this like one thing and then i get on the mound i'm just like god i I don't even like i don't even have a sense of self right now and it's because I'm thinking about it constantly for three weeks. And the, at the end of that third week, I'm like, all right, like I've done everything I can. 
like hands off, like get out of here, like get, get your head out of this. Something I remember that off day, actually, I think we went in, what we do, we did like tubing or something like that Monday, just to get our minds up. We just like tube down a river for a couple hours, just like mm-hmm. talking to each other on these tubes. And then like having that day just to discon like disconnect from the game. Like I came back on that Tuesday. I'm like, Oh, let's go. Yeah. I feel great. I'm the, I don't even know. I didn't even do anything. I come back. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Then that whole August, no runs. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like you just need that sometimes. Just a reset. And, and, yeah. and, and, and every off day, at least I'd say after week three, for the most part, I said every off day, but in the season, because these guys work hard. I, I send a text out like, hey, I'll be here from this time to this time um, to open the field for you guys, open the cages. Um, if you want to hit on the field on your own, I'll set up a machine. Um, but I, I send, I let them know, like, hey, you're only as good on the field as you are off the field. You know, so if you're off the field as bad, you're going to be bad on the field. So if yeah. you got, and I say prioritize off the field. And I, I always tell them it's like mental health, body, school, family check those boxes before you even think about the baseball box you know because if that's if that's the and 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 it's not really cliche because it's really think about it it's it, we have to coach them up and they have to perform you know and yes. of course that's that's our livelihood too but like it's going to be really hard to get a guy to make adjustments to work if he's got those those and those are more important than baseball those are bigger than the game those 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 things you're mental health, your physical health, your family and school those will last longer than baseball will, you know? And if those yeah. four things are, are, are worry are not good. Baseball's not going to be good, you know, or oh, yeah. if baseball's really good and those four things are a wreck, baseball's going to be taken away from you at, at some point. Like that, it goes both ways there. And mm-hmm. so I, I try and, and that's something I've, I've grown to learn a little bit and, and, working again working with the guys that i've been able to work with have helped me understand that and, and not be one track mind and mary who i married have helped has helped me understand that and she's she's an educator who's who's who understands the ins and outs of young young people's psyche and everything and and so mm-hmm. i i try and i do my best to to send that out every off day because it's a real thing you know and and, and stanford there's a lot there's a lot of pressure for these guys and and mm-hmm. and really what hit hard is is um that, that tragedy that happened on campus a couple of years ago. Yeah. Where, um, she, and I don't want to go into, it's really tragic, but I'm aware though, for sure. That, yeah. That, that affected a lot of guys and affected me. And, and and you sit back as a coach and you sit there and you're thinking, cause she was the personality and the star of the team, you know, yeah. and you sit there and you think, man, I'm really close to these guys. If that was one of those guys, if that was one of our guys, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I'd be able to coach again. Like, like you just, you just not saying it's yeah. bad that you are, it, it would you don't know how that would be, you know, and I don't mean to go down a darker, but it's, but going back to, you had a day of reset and, and, mm-hmm. and just getting away from the game, yeah, you know, and it made you better on the field. I think that gets that those, those lines get blurry sometimes because it's so hyper-focused on game, game, game. And right. it's supposed to be fun. It is a game. There's bigger things in life than the game. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah. life or death. And it's, 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 and you want to make it fun. And when I've noticed that, off days after off days i've been around teams where the game the next day when the game was terrible when our guys took an yeah. off day, track day yeah. practice the next day and the games were amazing yes. because they just went and played spike ball somewhere or did their, like it's like they were unbelievable and it's like 
you know what that's 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 what it's about you know it's not about hey let's let's go hit for 12 hours on an off day because if we do that we're gonna we're gonna beat so and so because they're not doing it no everyone works hard yeah you know, it doesn't mean you get more points just because you were there longer you know it doesn't it, it, but if your 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 work is right and intentional and you're able to play the game with energy and passion and, and preparedness and you'll be having a chance to win but that's that's I love that story you had where you, you needed a reset because I think yeah and that's you being a professional you know going through a lot and one day helped you out for a month these guys are still amateurs they're still college kids with a lot of stuff on their plate they almost need a weekly reset if not every other week reset <laughs> they really do man they they really do and 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 it's it's something that's important and hey as coaches I'm I'm not gonna lie. I need to reset every now and then. I need to, I, we're around these guys all the time. I need to mm. get away. So I have that energy and passion for them um, that they need me to have. Um, well, yeah, I feel like with college, it can be a little bit different from pro in the sense that you actually have more distractions too. And it's kind of funny because I know when, when I was a high schooler and going into college, um, I made it a pretty apparent priority that like, you know, I was going to enjoy my life, but I was limiting my distractions as much as possible. Like it was baseball first all the time, mm -hmm. like for sure. Baseball first and family, I guess, would be right there neck and neck. It's like, yeah, baseball family, like uh, that's that's priority number one, you know, and there'd be a lot of th there's a lot of different distractions you can run into in high school and college. And like mm -hmm. you let those uh, take up too much of your time. Oh, man, you're going to suffer in those other areas of life that are that are way more important in the long run. Yes. But then you get to pro ball and it's like, okay, like, sure, you could like go proactively try to distract yourself. But at that point, you're just self-sabotaging. Like you almost yeah. like, you almost can't be distracted. Like you have to show up to the field every single day, pretty much. Like you, you have to like intentionally go distract yourself for the off day to get your mind off of things. Mm -hmm. So it's so funny how it's a little bit different, but yeah, with college, I definitely thought about, uh, limiting my distractions as much as possible and i think that at least for a college guy or a guy going into college like that is something i was like very aware of and like made sure like okay i know i know i need to you know take care of myself but in a similar sense i need to be good at identifying like what's a good distraction like what's a bad, bad distraction yes very, right very that that and, and that's where like we all learn that i learned that my freshman year in college you know i i i mm. I got caught up in bad distractions and, and hmm. how to respond and be better as my next year, you know? And, and yeah. And Hey, as long as you learn, and I tell guys, cause our guys mess up like, Hey, I'm, we're all human. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. It's does that mistake keep happening? And do you learn from it? Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm, I'm, the, it's more the second time. Obviously some mistakes are you, you can't make, you know, you get a one-time thing on some mistakes, but missing weights you know what i mean like, yeah yeah being late to weights or late to i'm talking those kind of things like yeah hey it's a one-time thing you messed up you know now if it happens again and again you're not really learning from it you're just kind of disregarding it then let's then we'll have a more serious discussion but mm -hmm. yeah but that's that's you, you learn from everything but that that is that is a good point that there's some distractions that can really really bring you down for sure and that's mm -hmm. where you got to prioritize what's important what really and it goes back to the individual what what gets you to be your best possible self on the field and off the field you know and that's yes that's hard 
that's hard. Self-evaluation is, is the last thing to come. And, and a, a lot of guys never really get there, you know, and, and you, we deal with adults all the time that, man, you have no idea who you are yet or how you act or what you do. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, and some guys are really good at it, you know, but ultimately you're trying to help them figure that out for themselves for sure. This is why I will always look into catchers so heavily because they have to juggle, you know, the offense and the defensive kind of piece with the pitchers as well. And they have to go through the most amount of, uh, I mean, just sheer work in terms of like how to be successful at that role. And you work with the catchers too. So yeah. I, I do, I, there was a section of this where I'm like, okay, I got to ask about catchers. Like, cause catchers are so fascinating to me too. Um, and you were a catcher yourself, right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, there's so many different ways I could go with this, but well, okay. I'm going to start this off actually, because we already talked about the Twitter stuff, like the, the social media, mm -hmm. you know, I, I do want to, I do want to address that because I feel like catching was not a social media thing. Like what it, maybe hitting has been a little bit of a bigger thing, but now the catching piece is definitely coming on where definitely. you're seeing a lot of different opinions thrown around and different uh, takes on just like, how to do it. And I, I'm really curious of your take on like, okay, do I like, are you married to one way of like thinking, like, do you like to keep it open to what guys like? I mean, like how, and how has that also changed for you since you even started playing? Cause the evolution of catching has, I feel like it's had a lot of progression since you started playing. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's changed dramatically. Like how catching is now is not, nothing like when I caught nothing, not, not, not a single, there's not one way it's like now, other than just the physical act of catching and throwing a second base and blocking the ball. Like those are <laughs> the same, but how it's yeah. analyzed, how it's presented, how it's coached is completely different. Uh -huh. um, and well, first of all, my rule number one for hmm. all my catchers or our catchers is the pitcher's number one. So so that's rule number one. If hmm. to be a good catcher, the pitcher has to be number one. It can't. It, it's number one focus, you know. Hmm. And and that goes into like understanding who they are, what their stuff is, how to get them better, emotionally being there for them, talking like, yeah, it, and not saying not enabling them, because there's times where you need to get them to focus and get them to do their job. That's part of it, but you need to be so like, it's one, one position where you need to be so selfless that you don't, you're not caught up in your performance, but you, you want to do good for them. Like that's mm -hmm. the number one, like yeah. you, need to be so, you should be exhausted because you're not only trying to play good, but you're trying to get them to play to the best of their abilities mm -hmm. as well. So you should be, I tell you guys, you should be exhausted after every game, mentally exhausted after every game, because you're so invested in their success. Yeah. That, that is a real, if you're not, mentally exhausted then you weren't invested in their success enough you know mm. now i get it they pitch they throw the ball they're in charge of most of the outcome but your intention intention and your investment in their success is controlled by you for sure 100 percent. oh yeah that's, that's so my, much influence it's crazy that's, that's my number one thing for the catchers and then in terms of the the the, the how it's coached and how it's looked at I would say I'm, I'm not necessarily unorthodox. I don't have a certain set way. I don't, I don't deny a way. I don't hate on a way. I don't, I mm. approach like I do hitting. I give, for example, and, and if we go progression based, we sure. get a freshman, we get a freshman in here. Let's say we get a freshman. Yeah. I have a good, I have a, a drill set. I think it's always good to have a drill set 
basic drill set hitting catching wise just like infielders having a drill set pitchers have a catch play mm-hmm. foundation it's good to have a foundation so i have that and i just watch how they move really in and that drill set you know that mm-hmm. foundation drill set how do they move and then catching is such a, a skilled position to where you can't emulate anything like even a bullpen catching a bullpen's good but like game is the, so hard it's, it's just it's where you really mm. analyze what they do in the heat of battle is in a game you know like yes you get a guy that comes in he crushes all the drills great in the bullpen on turf no real hitter no base runner no situation no coach calling a pitch it's unbelievable and then he gets in the mm. game and it is nothing like practice you know so i really i just make sure it, movements are good in the drill set and this is like a, from the base level movements yeah. are good in the drill set they're doing it right their catch plays right their bullpen communications right and then i just watch the games and i and i i keep track of make a bunch of notes a mm. bunch of notes and it really by i'd say i'd say 50% through the fall or 60% through the fall i kind of really look at okay there's a good sample size. We've seen enough. We know mm. this is what you do well. This is what we struggle at. Why do we struggle at this? We have some data. Let's look mm. at it. Okay. And then, all right, let's make this adjustment. Oh, you can't make that adjustment because uh, your hips are tight and you want to be a two feet guy, but your hips are tight. Mm. Then you either need to dedicate yourself to loosen up your hips and being a good foundation on two feet, or let's just go to one knee to where that eliminates the problem. You can work underneath the ball. We'll work blocking, which side is, is worse for you going left or going right. Cause it's not the same people. Yeah. It's like, it's no, no, there's one side that like I could block to my right, going down on two knees to my left. I was a one knee blocker. And sometimes I didn't even get any knees down to my left. I was just blockable. I was, it was a weird thing. Yeah. And, but, but it's, 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 it's one of those things. And I, I base it on hitting. It's all about movement. It's all about, build it's all about rhythm timing understanding mm. and um i just have i just have certain certain principles that that we focus on that need to happen like i'm a big pocket presentation guy so the pitcher can see where they're throwing um i'm a big work through the baseball you got to be able to understand where you're catching it before you try and focus on where you're moving it yeah, you know, so that's a big part for me. Guys try and focus on moving it, and they have no concept of where they're catching it. Um, hmm. Which do you want movement? But I, I'm a big believer in in movement it happens with good rhythm and good pocket awareness. You know, um, right? Um, and just like hitting, if your timing's messed up, hmm. your ability to to adjust is going to be um, messed up. Right. If your pre-pitch timing's messed up or pre-pitch move, then your ability to adjust to a miss and make it look good is going to be off a little bit. And, and I don't, I don't believe in one certain move. Like some guy, it's not a finite position. It's not, it's not about yeah. swinging. It's not about down. It's not about a turn. It's what gets you on time consistently. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Game wraps. Um, but yeah, all those things, I mean, I've, and again, I've had to learn this language with the guys that are, that, that I'm coaching now, because it didn't exist when I played. Right. The language, the understanding, the movement, the one knee, but it goes back to, I don't care how it looks. Really. I don't, you know, what matters is 
if it helps the pitcher and if it gets efficiency behind the plate and and you can you can be consistent you know i'm not yes and there's obviously i, I can talk about it for like three hours but <laughs> obviously things that we go down and we talk about and we do and understand but it's 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 a big a big time what you're what that the player is able to do okay and to be honest what our pitching staff is uh know? yeah i was gonna say if our pitching staff is a hey we're a, a stuff pitching staff with with uh, pitch design and we're going to get swing and miss and, and some misses are going to be big then what we do has to be a little more controlled and we have to focus less on movement and more on just square mm -hmm. that's just what it is now if we're a pitchability staff and the stuff shouldn't surprise you and we're going to need those strikes and we're going to need to do this and do that hey we, we need to be really efficient on that and then yeah. it does pitcher you know and and um and, and it goes based on that but it's all about getting that guy to be able to move in in, in the position because it's, it's physically demanding position there's a lot more deficiencies than people think in terms of how guys do things mm. and um back in the day i'd say the last year i haven't I haven't done it as much but i would i would catch all like i would do all the drills first mm. Not with them on my own because I don't want to embarrass myself, but I would try it just to give give myself some feedback. Like, okay, that felt weird. I'm gonna try this. Okay, this hmm. is this is the drill. This is the teach. You always try. Like, there's always a there's a drill and there's a teach within the drill. You know? Yeah, and I learned that. Um, Coach Ward actually taught me that at UCLA. Yeah, he was like, hey, here's a drill. This is the teach. You know, this hmm. is what the, essentially what the drill's doing. You know, and and that's what yeah. You're when when I was catching and. At, Anything, and I would tell the guys, anything I give you, I've done, you know, so it's not like something crazy. Now, my, my body's not the way it used to be. And to be honest, our guys have to catch some velo that I'm not comfortable catching in my my old age. Now, that, that, I wouldn't. That, that that they do. Like, even bullpens. Like, I used to catch bullpens. Now, I'm like, no way am I catching Ryan Bruno. He throws 99. There's yeah. no way. Matt's guys, I'm the 96. Like, I'm good. I'm not built up for that yeah. just to hop in there and catch it anymore. Like <laughs> we're good. But, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, I we view catching here. You know, um, one thing I, and I think I got it from coach Savage. Uh, I'm really strict mm -hmm. on is our catcher catch play. You know, I, mm. I, have, I have it broken down into distance movement understanding. Cause I, I'm a big believer and I'm like this with pitching mainly because I, I was with him for years, you know, um, they're free rep, three free throwing reps. If you throw those away and expect to just go and make a good throw to second base without focusing on free throwing reps, you're going to be inconsistent, you know? So oh, yeah, that's, that's the one, just like pitching. Like I, I, I look at guys not, and you don't want it to be robotic, but you want it to have a purpose. If you just go out there to warm up your arm and then get on the mound and throw, you, you, it's going to be really inconsistent. Like that's, mm -hmm. And that's just my, that's just really me being around coach since I was 16 years old. <laughs> that's really why I, why I'm, I'm kind of like that. Um, but, right. but, um, that's, that's really how it goes. And I've been lucky enough every year. Um, I've had an older guy that that's had experience that, um, I could use as my assistant catching coach. You know, he's got two hmm. years with me, three years with me. And, and, and he understands what we're looking for, what the drills doing, what movements like I, I, I'm very, with the catchers, I'm very open in communication. Like we have, we, bring it up as a group we talk as a group we mm. share as a group we meet every game as a group 
you know, and, and it's very open, honest and understanding. And, and I have to let them know, Hey, my relationship with you guys is going to be the best on the team because I coach you in hitting and I coach you in catching. I'm at the front end of the, I'm the first guy at the end of the dugout next to coach eager. You look at both of us, every, every pitch, every game, like mm. we're with each other all the time. Yeah. So we're going to be very open and honest and I give them the most leeway in communication to me, you know, um, just because of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, long winded answer, but <laughs> the catching position has changed. It, it's, it's, Oh yeah. You can, I never thought you could, cause it's such a reactive position. You don't, you have to do one of three things. Every pitch is catch, throw or block. You know, don't know which one. Mm-hmm. Now that there's so much, an, you analyze so much, you can, you can really get yourself stuck. Mm. And I think, I think just like hitting a lot of the mistakes made catching now, people want to point to the change in, in mechanics are set up and like the one knee, it's more so analysis by paralysis, just like hitting. If you think yeah. about a move or uh, a sequence, you're going to be late. And you miss it, but with hitting, you just foul a ball off or swing and miss. But in catching, you miss a block or miss a catch. It looks that much worse when you're trying to think, okay, I'm going here to here. I need to be hip hand. All those, if you're thinking mm. about that while you're catching, um, that ha- it's going to happen more often. That's yeah. just my personal opinion because I think the mindset has changed so much that so you can analyze so many things. It's become a lot like hitting. And if you really think about it, the reaction times is exactly the same as, mm-hmm. and and you mess up a lot hitting by being anal, uh, analyzing your swing and focus on movements, but it's just a foul ball or swing and miss. Mm-hmm. You foul a ball off or foul a ball off blocking or catching or God forbid swing and miss catching or block. It's a run or it's an advance and it looks much worse. There's more, there's a bigger yeah. But I think, I think that mindset more so then the technique is mm. a contributor and and why there's so much of a pushback and i think that's more of the misunderstanding is is you can you you focus on analyzing things and i think that just like hitting you got to get away from the the mechanic mechanic thing and, and focus more on towards the movement athleticism thing yeah well and to look at it kind of as a like a spectrum you have one end which is pitching which is uh while you're doing it, you can be so analytical if you want. Oh my gosh, it's not reactionary in the slightest. You are you are initiating the movement. Hitting yes. on the other side, a little bit more reactionary. But mm, between pitches, maybe you can, you know, think a little bit. Catching, it's like, no, you put that sign down. It's like, all right, ready, go. Like, you don't have that much time to like think. It's fully reactionary. And Always. that, when so when we're talking about that, how catchers are so reactionary, and then contrasting that with uh, the approach in terms of, what you're doing beforehand out of competition is the complete opposite. Like you're talking about catch play being so um, it's so much more about the intent that you're putting in. You have to have some sort of intent behind what you're doing, um, which again is completely opposite of the catch thing, you know? So it's like the training, the way that you train is so different than the way that you're actually playing, which I I feel like that's why it's uh, it's a lot more difficult for a catcher to kind of like, um, be good at both. And like, you kind of have to uh, remind a catcher to like establish some intent, like behind the training or the catch play, whatever it is, because they maybe aren't so much as used to that. And they don't get that type of uh, discipline uh, work in a game. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so to speak. 
but now, okay. So, uh, and this is all tying into the little like thing you mentioned about, um, maybe, a, uh, a change in a way a catcher wants to preset. I saw something that actually the Cubs, uh, were doing with a pitcher. I forget which pitcher it was, but the catcher was setting up, like, if this is the zone, they were, he was setting up like way out, like pretty much way outside and saying like, okay, mm -hmm. you're going to be in this like outer third quadrant. Like I'm going to set up and that's like the middle of my body. And like, I'm basically going to like almost turn my body and like, be like, no, you're getting it in here. But like, that's the visual, you know? And yeah. like for him, if that works, it's like fantastic. fantastic. But you can't do that for every guy. Yeah. So now you have to say like, like you're saying a pitchability versus a stuff guy. It's like, okay, now I have to do it for every pitcher, like figure out what they're good at. Like that is unbelievably difficult, but it can only be done. Like you were saying with communication. That, that's it. And then that's where, if you're going to succeed, truly succeed as a catcher. And, and to mm. be honest, a main reason why my professional career lasted as long as it did, you know, is because I had a good relationship with the pitchers. I could catch. Mm. Okay. And um, I wanted them to be really good. You know, and 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 then and why you see in the big leagues, guys have their own catchers. You know, it's it's a it's a big deal, and and communication's massive. You have to be mm -hmm. able to do that in this position, and and it, it it's that's one thing I love about baseball. We can bring in you can you can change it, and you can do this, and you can do that. And I'm all I'm all for I'm pretty open minded. I'm all for bigger bases. I don't know about the robot umps. I'm not really for that too much. I like, I like that. Oh, I've talked about this on the podcast I, before. I like, I like that. There's still the human element in the game. Now challenges I'm all for, I think there should be okay. challenges with that, but I'm yeah. all for, I love human element. I, I think, I think it brings, cause that now you're not going to be able to toss people out like that entertainment value. There's some, there's all kinds of things with it, but, um, but back to the, the 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 catching the catching piece, I think I think it's just more of a understanding of guy to guy, and just you want to be good for them, and 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 you mm. got to you have to understand that that's a traditional piece of the game. You can't fight it. You can't, and it's yeah. gonna, it'll last as long as the game goes. Because as much as we want to argue, like, and I'm a hitting coach, you know, like as much as you want to argue, that for, and I always believe this: the guy on the the mound. Is in control of the tempo and what goes on. He really is. I I, I firmly yeah. believe like now there's the pitch clock and everything like that, but the hitter yeah. doesn't can't tell him when to throw. He can say, "Come on, let, let's go." But the pitcher controls that, and who is hand in hand with that guy is the catcher. You know, and I think mm -hmm. that that connection is very powerful. And and I mean, shoot, you look at World Series teams and national championship teams, and and the catcher may not be the best player, but man, does he have a connection with, if not every guy on the team, for sure the pitching staff or the best pitchers on the team. And that's, that's yeah. a deal. That's a big deal. And I think that's, that's a big separator. And I try and get that through and Hey, pitchers aren't easy to deal with. They're, you guys are, you guys, you guys are all over the map. That's the hard part too. All <laughs> over the map. <laughs> like yeah, you have the gung ho guy. That's like, let's fight everybody. And then you have the guy that's like, you go out there and talk to him and he's like, I think my foot landed five inches to the left. That's why I missed that pitch. I'm going to slide it over. And then you're like, what? That's what you're right now. So yeah. So you, it, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's wild. And, and, mm -hmm. and it's fun. I think again, that's, that's what makes for me, the game so fun. You have all these personalities and, and, and that's why I think it's so fun to be open-minded and, and, and you have to adjust because, there's no one way to do something. 
mm. the guy that wants to fight the pitcher that wants to fight every hitter and, and beat him can be really good. And the guy that think knows when his foot's five inches to the right and why he missed a spot mm. can be really good. Yeah. You know, like like it and, and it and it works. You know, now the guy, the guy catching has to adapt to ball. You know, it's not mm-hmm. the, the pitcher's job to adapt to him. And that's where that's where I, I love the position. I think if guys can't embrace that, they're gonna have a hard time being a catcher. Unless they unless they really hit. Yeah, I guess. So because I was gonna go into a question about since catchers have to do so many things right. Uh, at like the high school level, like when you're evaluating those guys that could be uh, potential recruits, like what's that one thing you're looking for? Or maybe it's not one thing, but what is one thing that stands out to you where you're like, okay, there's a lot of promise in that catcher. He's doing, you know, X thing really well at this age. Like what, like what is that thing? I would say for, for me, it's, it's, it's uh, communication, like, like in game, like, I wouldn't say intensity, but in-game mm. um, communication, feedback to the pitcher, just symbols out situation. Those like being in tune pitch to pitch, hmm. you know, because yes. when, when guys like that, he the game is slow. The, the catching position, if a guy's like that, the catching position is slow. You know, the act mm. of catching is slow. Now technique can be better, but when a guy's able to to do those things and be ahead of it, that means he's really comfortable in the position, you know? Mm. So he's not overwhelmed with the demands that the position has. I see. Does that make sense? And then, yeah. And then from a technical stand, from a technical standpoint, you look at arm strength. Okay. And then you look at strength in the catch, not necessarily the movement, but strength in the catch. You know, like, like, does he dominate the ball or does the ball dominate him? Um, and then blocking wise, I, I, I look at how hard the ball bounces off the body. That's such a hard thing for me, me to like understand, honestly, because I, in my eyes, it seems so out of their control, but there, but there are things you can kind of do for that. Now, obviously if it's a big, if it's a big miss, you know, I, I don't judge him on that, but if it's great like assault, a, yeah. A normal block, and no matter if it goes away, but if it's like corralled, and 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 I don't know how to like, but if it's just they look like in rhythm, like they felt the ball hit them, they moved as the ball hit them, they softened up as the ball hit them, their eyes followed the ball, Mm -hmm. they're they're in control of. They saw it, they anticipated, they reacted. You know, but if it's just kind of like a boom and they're manic everywhere, it's like no, they just hope the ball hit them, not. Mm they move to the ball to hit them, you know? So those are the, okay. those are the things I, I look at. And, and as weird as it sounds, it's, it's kind of, and just in my opinion, I don't think guys get enough reps or quality reps in game at the high school level. Hmm. Uh, uh, just because there's not that many games. And then in summer, the way the tournaments work, I mean, they, they play so many games in one day, but they're, they're, they're not strong enough to play seven games and, three days so by the by game three they're gassed so this is not going to be like a, a a technique you know that 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 sets them apart but mm-hmm. i think the number one thing i look for is if if their communication is good mm. then catching position slow for them and then you can evaluate the catching position you know and mm. their communication isn't good then you better down then they better be pretty pretty technically sound 
because mm-hmm. that means they, they have to work at it a little bit. Just my personal personal preference when I watch guys and and okay do that, you know, and that's that's taking hitting out of it. That's just if I'm just watching just catching only evaluating him on his defensive ability as a catcher. Yes, that's that's what I look at. And most guys that are above average at catching that I've seen at that level, they they do that. You know, they throw back to the pitchers pretty easy, relaxed, nice couple points here and there. Um, give a sign, me, you, those kind of things. When they're in, they're very comfortable in the position, and it's slow for them. You know, mm. and it's not that's not an act. You know, you have the guys that have the act one out going to first, you know, not that we're not looking for that, you know, not that that's bad. You got to start somewhere, not, not saying that that's bad. You got to start somewhere, but yeah, you're, you're really like, like, you know how it is when a guy, you're catching a guy and you kind of, he kind of hits his chest points to you and he goes down. Hey, I want this down. Let's go. Yeah. Thing yeah. like that. If he's able to do that, he, he's not worried about blocking the ball. He's not worried about catching it for you. He's not worried about, He's just worried about let's get this guy out together and let's get it done, you know. Mm-hmm. But the guy that does that and is really focused on his slow setup and being the right stance, yeah, he's going to be able to do it. But there's an element of uncomfort there, and and, and there's an element of, um, not I'm not going to say technique, but thought to everything where they're they're more reactive than than under control and fluid to what they're doing. So on the but, flip side of that, oh wait, so sorry, were you? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. So on the flip side of that, though, what do you think most catchers are doing, like at that high school level, what do you think most catchers are doing like poorly to the point where it's like, okay, like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything like despite being a 350 hitter that like you can't recruit this guy at catcher because you could probably recruit the bat to play somewhere else. But in terms of the catching piece where you're like, okay, like this is like so atrociously bad. Like I can't recruit that. Like, is it? kind of just the flip side of what we were just talking about there as well. Yes. And also like if I, I and I compare it to hitting a lot bigger, okay. is not always better in terms of hitting more doesn't always mean more, you know, like, Hey, hmm. as a hitter, I'm going to have a leg kick and a barrel tip. Doesn't mean I'm going to get more power. It just can mean I'm off time more and inconsistent. Hmm. If I look at a catcher and he has these big moves big swing and trying to move it a lot and missing balls and like has no concept of what he's doing, just going for the look. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I can, can, unless there's some, unless he's able to adjust to that, if he's messing up a lot, then I don't know if he can, if he can catch, aren't they Hmm. like if the guy's on base and they're just total side saddle, like I'm selling out to throw the guy out and not really being tuned to the game. You know, if they're so, Hmm. If they're, if they're, I, I call it loud. If they're really loud, you know, they go for a block and you can hear their knees hit the ground. You're like, uh oh, you know, like, like things like that. Like if they're, if, yeah. if everything is really loud, you know, and, and you, and you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. Like a guy gives a sign and hops up and you can hear his cleats get into the ground. You're like, whoa, you're like you scared me a little bit. Like, like easy, calm down. <laughs> like just, you're like, you know, or like a catch in a big move, you know, that's not fluid. That's like a catch to a move. Mm-hmm. like those kind of things you're like oh man like that's that's going to be a lot to break in terms of just being in control because there's so much in that position demands in terms of what the game is that mm. you can't be that loud in the actual execution of the skill does that yeah. make, make sense yeah and i think when it comes to recruiting catchers i would imagine that it's almost a safer play to get that guy who's just naturally a little bit better of an athlete and like 
little bit more of a defensive guy because you can kind of trust that, you know, that'll play at the college level, um, even if the bat isn't fantastic. Because I feel like the, again, like the kind of the, the safety net is there in a way of like, okay, I can at least trust this guy behind the dish. Like, and we need that. Like if your bat's yeah, not yeah. there, like we got eight other bats, but we don't have eight other catchers, you know, on the you field, have have right? That. Yeah, You have to have that. Have yeah. to. Now that's me being a catcher who was that guy, the nine hole. <laughs> so I'm biased, yeah. you know, but, mm. but, um, but you have to have that, you know? And I think like, like Malcolm, for example, is a freshman who ha- caught every game. We had Charlie saw him. He got hurt here in his back. So mm-hmm. he wasn't kind of was, Malcolm was kind of forced in there. But he wouldn't have caught every game if he wasn't a good catcher. You know what yeah. I mean? We would have in Alberto more often. We would have found ways to adjust it. But he caught every game as a freshman because he was a good catcher. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, he was kind of forced to with, with Charlie getting hurt and everything and how it lined up. But, right. again, he wasn't a good catcher. And then the pitchers didn't trust him. And he wasn't getting better and, and, and wasn't an extension of Coach Eager. He wouldn't have caught every game. But his ability to be that guy – allowed him to catch every game and, and, and Hey, he was really good at it by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're seeing more uh, of a progression toward that? Like um, more wiry, like kind of almost shortstop build looking guy catcher, the guy who like moves really well behind the dish, like can maybe even run a little bit and like play, play better defense as opposed to like that big slugger who kind of just like chills behind the dish. And then like, you know, like he's more of a power hitting guy, bigger frame and, you know, maybe doesn't move as well because I feel like that uh, is definitely becoming more apparent on the pro side of things too. Like there's more expectations to do that, that kind of first build, you know? Well, I, I think, I think you, you, you kind of have to, there, how do I put this the right way? There has to be some twitch. There has to be some twitch to a catcher now has to be, mm-hmm. you know, there has to, because the stuff on the mound is, is really good. Yeah, you know, and, if, and if you don't, if you don't have some type of twitch or length, you know, um, it, it's it's going to be hard. There's such thing as catcher range in my for me. Hmm. You know, you talk about a shortstop having range. He either has a foot speed to close out or the length to get to a ball. You know, he's either hmm. okay. He's either he's either a young a rod, you know, who, who's fluid and long and can get there. Or he's Lindor, who's quick and can and can get there and make the play. Okay, yeah. So so that's kind of, I, I, that's that's how I compare it to catching. Like with the stuff now, you can't be some big slow guy that's just like there because the stuff's too good and it's too sharp and they understand how to make it move more and depth and spin and 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 all these and vertical break and and all these things and and horizontal break and and Mm. you got to be able to adjust to these things and and because the pitching has gotten so much i wouldn't say better but sharper you can't deny that it's it's Mm. you got sweepers now you have hard curveballs you have a sort of fastballs that move up this much like you have all kinds of things that Mm. as a catcher you need to have range you know now your range isn't necessarily foot speed range but your range needs to be with your hands in terms of reaction and then length Hmm. as well so i think that's where in pro ball you're seeing that a little bit a little bit more and i do also see a lot more of a mm, okay this is sort of generalized but i feel like breaking balls are just becoming more used like you're seeing harder breaking balls sharper breaking balls 
Um, a lot more like split changes too. It's like for a catcher to be able to control breaking balls and especially when they bounce those. I mean, like that is also something where I'm like, okay, like if my catcher's not the best at like getting around the 94, like, or bringing it back into the shadow zone, like, okay. But if he can like control the breaking ball really well and like bring it up from the bottom of the zone, like, yeah, that can be really effective, especially just because like, like you're talking about the more sweepers and cutters and all those things. It's like, so I feel like there's so many relievers now where they just probably rely on that breaking ball. Well, and, and you can, and, and what's crazy now is you can quantify when you want it to move at what distance, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like inside a certain distance before, mm. like we, before you just generalize movement, like, Oh, it broke, but it broke way closer to the mound. So it's easier to adjust. Mm-hmm. Now as a catcher, like, no, he's getting that thing to break inside 14, 14 feet away. That reaction time is so small. And I think that's where like, and, and I, I don't mean to go, like, I'm not trying to butt heads with anybody, but you go to like, mm. he missed it because he's on one knee. Well, it also is breaking a lot later because you can quantify when those things break than yeah. it was back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. there's all these things and, and, and for right or wrong, it's, it's the changes in the game and, and, and I think that's that's a, that's a big deal in terms of being athletic. Like, like, like there's length, athleticism. You need to have that a little bit more. And mm-hmm. just, you guys are getting really good at what you do. You know, just like everyone else, hitters are getting better. Like, yeah, it doesn't blow anyone away anymore. You know, hitters are getting better. Pitchers are getting better. Their understanding and their ability to adjust and 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 adapt are are, are improving. And it's just as a catcher, you got to you have to be able to do that. You can't just sit back there and be like, well, that pitch was broke really late and bounced in front of the plate. Well, mm. you need to be able to adjust and anticipate, you know, and that's where, and it goes back to, if you don't know the guy's stuff very well, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be that good. And that's where the evaluate and back to the evaluation of a high school guy, they play so many showcases now. It's the first time they catch a guy throwing 93, not knowing where it's going. So it's really hard to evaluate yeah. a guy that's first time catching really good stuff. And, and, and partially because I've been there before, like I have no idea what to expect. Is it running? Is it sinking? Is it cutting? Yeah. All three of them, like all three. So many different them. ways. Yeah. Like you're like, you put down two. It's like, wait, does he have a curveball or a slider or a slurve or a sweeper? I don't know. You know, like, you're <laughs> yeah. saying, like so it's, it's, it's the evaluation could be a little bit harder at the high school level because yeah, again, if, in pro ball, if you have a set pitching staff and in college, you can look at the guy if he's good or not because, hey, you catch those guys all the time. You've been catching them for months. You talk to them. You, if you can't catch them, then you're not a good catcher. You know, because for me, that's as harsh as that sounds, that's the fact. Like, it makes sense, yeah. And and you you got to give a guy, and that's why I give leeway to guys that just step on campus because it takes a long time to really build that relationship and that understanding of what they're doing and and mm and 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 figure that out but yeah so that's that's kind of my take on 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 catching and how it's evolved a little bit and what i look for 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 certain guys you you made a really good point too about how important it is to see a catcher work with pitchers for you know extended amount of time and this makes me think that the transfer portal is all the more valuable for catchers to be able to to showcase that even even if, if it's a juco guy not from the transfer portal just like seeing a guy be on a team for a season at the college level, like to show that he can run a staff, like mm-hmm. that's invaluable. And, mm-hmm. and 
it makes me think that that's almost like aside from the guy that's hitting 350 out of the portal it's like all right like that that's kind of a premium to go get too you know like but then again well i guess i'm kind of curious now for you guys because i feel like it's really difficult for you guys to actually like target really anybody out of the transfer because of the academic um prestige and like cost like it it's like do you even bother with that kind of stuff like i feel like there's no point if you're 99 of guys you can't even like you, like you, look, you look at them you look at the portal yeah but it's it's your your ability to get a guy in it's it's very very specific extremely specific it's not like yeah like him he's a good player let's go get him uh no does did he take these classes what was what was his transcript in high school and college and does it does it match well with stanford admission you know and that and then if it does and he's a good player then you can move on him you know, but if mm. they've taken too many classes and all those things, then it's, it can be hard. But no, we definitely, we definitely look at it. I mean, we're we're, we're going to be competitive as all, as as we can be, mm. but it's just more specific than most universities in terms of the academic piece. You know, um, which can be a cha- challenges in in its own right. But it speaks yeah. to it speaks to what we we have to develop big time. You don't get that many guys. You don't have the ability to, and and I like it. You just you know you're going to get keep these guys and, and build a relationship with them, but you can't afford to be wrong in recruiting. And if you are somewhat wrong, you got to be able to get him to be functional on the field, you know, mm. and if you're right. Then you got to get him to be a star eventually to, to, to be a middle of the order bat or what he's supposed to be because you don't have, it's not like you recruited 18 guys. And if eight suck, at least you have 10 good. No, you're, you're mm. a lot of certain number in admissions and then that's it, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah, but hey, everyone has their challenges and everything like that. I like our challenges because, hey, it, you get the guy that wants to be there, and you get the guy that's willing to work, and and you know, hey, I I can actually build a progression with this guy because he's not most likely not going to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does well, he's gonna he knows he's gonna get his opportunity on the field just based on depth. And hey, let, let, let's those two things. Let's get after it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be together all the time anyways let's 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 do it the right way you know so it's fun it's fun well you guys definitely attract the the right group of high school recruits you guys you guys get well yeah you get to evaluate the not only the top academic you know players but also the players where they know when they look at your guys track record you guys rely so heavily on the development piece that it's like they know that they're going to be invested in it's not like you said you're not coming in in a class of 15 or 20 you know like i mean i i'm trying to think the class that i came in with but i know that if that class is like what seven or eight guys nine guys it's like well they got to use us at some point like they're going to invest in us you know so So like so like for a high schooler it's so much more encouraging like to want to go to a school like that where you know like they're gonna like they have to they have to rely on you like they're and they're in it for the long haul you know that's so important which again this is because i had that's why i have a bone to pick with the whole portal thing like the fat like just the uh what's the word the very uh it's not precarious but it's like uh it's so contractual and like very quick moving and uh, I don't know, like 
it's kind of shifting away from the natural progression of things where I feel like that is what college baseball is meant for, which is you show up, you, you go through some stuff as freshmen, you learn and you keep learning and you keep learning. And then eventually comes to, it comes to fruition in a beautiful way by the time you're ready. Yeah. You know, and that's like, we, I mean, we have the, the perfect example of that in Alberto Rios, you know, he oh, had yeah. bats in two years was the best person and teammate for two years the best like i mm -hmm. in those 12 at bats the dugout was up like ready to go like just willing him to get his hit for mm. two years and comes out his junior year doesn't even i don't i don't know if he played he didn't play one of the first two games or didn't start one of the first two games mm -hmm. and just took off and and hey we are and i understand i'm very lucky to be where i am and and you don't, if, if Alberto Rios is somewhere else, he, who knows? And he's a high character individual, one of the best human beings I've ever met. So he might, if he was anywhere else, still stick it out because he's that kind of person. Mm -hmm. But let's say he wasn't and he left after a freshman because he wanted to go play somewhere else. You don't get that kind of story and you don't get, I mean, just his ability to, to go off like he did. And, and you know what? I don't know if he has a junior year that he has without that you know, the resilience and maybe not. you had to do in the work. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to doubt anybody or, or say anything and who knows what can happen, but I, I'm, I'm willing to say it, it definitely contributed to his ability to be good for a full season, a full mm -hmm. season. He was that player, you know, cause he, he understood how hard it is and, and, and what it's like to not be that good, you know? And, and yeah, hey, it, it means, it means something a little bit more when it's like that you know and, and that's mm -hmm. and, and it's fun to be a part of things like that and, and he's he deserves all the credit and his and his boys tommy troy and carter graham and those guys that, that <laughs> were with or dies with him for no doubt the whole time eddie park and that class drew bowser yeah. um but yeah it, it's 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 interesting and, and i'm lucky that that i'm at a place for the most part um, barring a couple exceptions where i he may not be the last story that I'm a part of here at Stanford with that, you know, where a mm -hmm. guy, well, he didn't, how does he, how is he good? He didn't play for two years. Well, he just, he worked while he waited, you know, Carter Graham didn't play at all his freshman year. Mm -hmm. at bats, 20 home runs as a sophomore. Eddie Park didn't play for four months as a freshman, you know, Hey, then is leading off in Omaha as a freshman, you know, like, like those, those, those kind of things, happened here which i'm very happy for um mm. and and it goes back to the recruiting part in which i recruiting can be it's recruiting is difficult in general you know evaluating is evaluating you can go out there and see the best player you know and you know who's the good player most of the time you're told who's a good player like you guys are all great at that all and, of you and recruiting is is hard in a sense of like getting them to come to your school and, and we're i'm lucky that i work at stanford and it's a big brand and they're not committing to Steven Rodriguez at Stanford. They're committing to Stanford, the logo. Anyone can can do what I do in terms of that. It's the, the logo, Stanford. And and um, but we're with the academic piece and 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 how selective we need to be and and the the, the number of admissions we get. You're you're not only recruiting the baseball kid and the competitor, you're recruiting the person and then you're recruiting the family. Cause it, it's it's an all-encompassing thing, like to to mm -hmm be able to fulfill the demand Stanford requires to get into school. Yes. You, you, you need the support of your, your personal team. And when I say the recruits personal team, he needs the support of his, 
whole family and his academic advisor and his coach and, and they understand it's going to take a, a team a unit to be able to, to do that and 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 by the time they get here they understand the value and, and what it means and they and and they they love it and hey it's it's that's a brotherhood and coach esker and one thing coach esker does really well is he went here so he's kind of like yeah. he's, he's walked in the shoes of he's like some guys stay in the dorm that he stayed in obviously it's been remodeled over and over again mm-hmm. since then but the name's the same it's like a different build but the same name okay same spot but different essentially building right um, he's able to talk to these guys about it and and, and understand it and mean it means a lot to him you know but for the recruiting part it's it's it, it's it's fun in that sense it's a different experience that i think most people don't get um you miss out on some really good talented baseball players you know which is which happens anywhere a lot of people miss out on a talented good baseball player sometimes we do it because of, of the class schedules and the academic piece but hey mm-hmm. it's part of it there's never hard feelings and, and we respect guys that try that that want to do it you know and, and we're there for them and it helps build that relationship too like hey how are your grades going? Good, sweet, awesome. Let's, let's talk about it. Hey, coach, I'm struggling with this. Hey, you're doing doing really good. Keep working hard. Keep it up, you know. Um, and and you just build that that support system too. And mm. again, they, there's there's a small it's a small smaller class, so they they all text each other and they're all pretty much doing the same schedule and they can rely on each other. So they're teammates before they're teammates, which is awesome mm. too. So yeah. It's, it's, Everyone has their challenges that can be, can be challenging, but I also, uh, and coach eager is really he's one of the best I've ever seen at it. He's our recruiting coordinator and pitching coach. He's unbelievable. The guy's unbelievable. And, and, and hmm. how he manages, manages these guys and, and helping them out. And, um, but it's, it's, it's pretty fun to see these guys grow before they grow in college, you know, yes. and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's, we've been lucky in terms of we've gotten the right guys, the right people, you know, not only the baseball players, but the right people, the right families. And that's, that's important. That's very important. And you're not going to win without the right people. That's, that, uh, that's, that's a big deal. Um, but the recruiting process for us, it's, you can really see the competitor and the person, you know, that and, and right. those, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of times you don't really get to, you're either rushed or, cause we can't really rush, you know, we can't really be like, Hey, we want you here you go no like hey what classes are you taking what's your gpa or like you're gonna have you might have to take this or do that da, 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 da. and so you, there's that part of it so you 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 have a little bit more of an understanding of who they are and what they're willing to do and hmm. and how much their family is willing to support them in that in, in, in that pursuit which is pretty cool too but yeah yeah, it's been good. It's worked out so far. Hopefully, we <laughs> keep working, getting it work out to work out. I just think it's so funny when uh, I look back at like my um, point of view on a school like Stanford. You know, uh, I was so naive in that. Oh, all I got to do is be a really good player and then like a decent student, and like yeah, then they'll want me. You know, but it was player first. I got to be the best player. But mm-hmm. for you guys, it's like <laughs> that's kind of like the first level of it and then there's everything else and i've heard plenty of coaches say like yeah we'll miss out on talent sometimes um and that happens we accept that um everybody does and i think that's true you know Mm -hmm. but to miss out on the character piece it's like 
that's a bit bigger of a miss. You know, that's a bit bigger of like an impact on a team where you're like, God, like we need to, we need to really do our homework in that department, you know, like on any, anything that's not just what he's doing on the field. Like, like yeah. there, there's a, there's a quote. I, I don't, I don't remember who said it, but I, I saw it in coach Ward's office and I, and I, it stuck with me and it's, and it's like, you, if you miss out on a recruit, you know, he can beat you once, you know, you recruit the wrong person. He can beat you every day, you know, and that's, and that's what, and that's what you're talking, and that's what you're talking about is, is huh. the character piece, you know, and, and, yeah. and that, that's a big deal. And, and, and part of the reason, I mean, we have such our, our head coach is one of the most high character human beings I've ever, I've ever been around and coach Esker, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, part of it, he went to Stanford, you know, he's a Stanford guy from Salinas blue collar place. And, He's one of the most high character human and, and you can't help but be, you represent him and the university. So you can't help but be that in that representation as a player, your reflection of him and you look up to him so much and, and you're already high character already. So we, we, we do, we, we do a good job and, and, and we're not perfect. You every, every now and then you get a guy that doesn't fit, but when you only have one, it, the rest of them can kind of hide that or, or, or minimize that. But if you have I always say misery loves company. That's one thing I, I always, I always say it's you got misery loves company. Coach Savage to say it and it can bleed. Well, one guy can affect two guys and those, those two guys can affect another two guys. And next thing you know, there's those whispers and the, the opinion after the failure, not the opinion during the work. And mm. that's where you get in trouble with it. But yeah, when you talk about character, that, that quote always sticks with me. You mm-hmm. know, you miss out on a guy, you can beat you once. You recruit the wrong guy, he can beat you every day, which is, I never really, I wasn't really even in coaching yet. I, I hit me when I was, I was still playing when he got, when he first got there and I saw that on his wall and I'm like, that's pretty darn good. And then now coaching, yeah. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> no true words have ever been said. You know, like, yes, it, yes. Like, Could you talk, because people don't realize and, 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 and people look at the Brock Jones, Alberto Rios's, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and Tommy Troy's and, and Carter, I can go on and on. Like they look at what they did on the field, but man, those are some of the best, best human beings and high character people I've ever, I've ever met, you know? Yeah. And even at UCLA, when I was at UCLA, like Matt McLean and Michael Tolia, Jack Stronach, Will McInerney, Kyle Cuellar, uh, Ryan Kreidler, those guys, mm. Ryan Garcia, Chase Trump, those guys that I was with there for the three years that I was there. I mean, those guys, unbelievable human beings and, and families and, and mm. you look at the right humans obviously great baseball players but the right humans right families mm. winning all, all those all those groups won consistently for years you know not just one year but for years and that's a very important piece you know and and that's mm. that's that's something to look at for sure i do think about the the i don't even know who said this but it's um i think it i think it goes the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Is that the quote that I'm thinking of? It might be. a. I, I think you're right. I don't know. I don't, yeah. don't quote me. I'm quoting you, but I, think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. I, cause I, I do uh, definitely feel a sense of like, okay, the teams that are most, the most successful, they are so much more focused on the whole. So, you know, as opposed to um, what, what each little piece is, is kind of up to, you know, it's like, what is, what is the ultimate, kind of team goal here we're looking at what is you know what is the goal of the whole not so much the goal of each individual piece right 
Like it's also like that too, but yeah, like I need people to, to listen to these podcasts. Cause I, I just feel like I don't hear, I just don't um, see a lot of that being promoted so much. Again, we're going back to the media piece, how it's super individualized and mm-hmm. it's all about you. And then you show up to college baseball and then it's like, you get freaking smacked in the face with a whole different sort of uh, position and um, meaning. And, you know, you shouldn't be surprised by that is yeah. basically like what I'm trying to say yeah. with that, at least. Um, shoot, we've covered a ton. Um, I don't, I feel like we've, we haven't done everything because I still need to ask about you specifically, but I will admit that I, I do have to go in a little bit. Okay. So I want to just skip right to you and like your kind of um, journey into uh, transitioning from being a player to a coach. Did you have any uh, gap between uh, playing and coaching? How much time was that? Uh, I worked, so stopped playing I got, and started. I got coaching? released in the summer of my six year pro ball. So I worked UCLA youth camps for a summer. Oh, okay. Uh, before I got into coaching, and just trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I had my degree, mm-hmm. um, going over things and, and, um, and then I, I, got into that fall i got into i was the director of operations at ucla after that so that i guess was my first step and i didn't really do anything other than that um but i never once thought i was going to be a coach Hmm. playing and doing all that i never not one one time thought i was going to do that i just i just didn't i just didn't you know, this perception of coaches, you know, like they have no lives. They don't do this. They're, they're, they're grumpy. They're mean. Da, 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 da. And, and I'm sure players have this perception of me that way, but I hope they don't, but I'm sure they do, you know, just, it is what it is. But um, I started helping out a little, or not helping out, but being around outside looking in as a player when I would train at UCLA you know, and it was, it was kind of fun to see. And I was just, I was just hanging out the field all the day. I didn't really have, I, I just didn't have class would just train, sit at the field, hang out with coach and, and Ward and, and Nico and, and those guys. And, and, um, first glimpse of behind the scenes of what it was like. And, and I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Like that's, that's pretty cool. And, and even mm-hmm. then I was like, I didn't know all, all this would go on. And, and a guy who really, uh, I look up to, and, and I think is, is, a great man and a great family man is Bryant Ward at UCLA, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I talked to him about it and, and he just kind of gave me a, a glimpse of, of what it could be. And, and he kind of just told me like, Hey, you're, you get here, you work, you work your butt off, but you, you, you make it what you want to make it, you know, you have complete control mm-hmm. of, of what you want to make your life, you know? And, and cause I had a passion for people. I, had a, I have a passion for relationship. I have a passion for competition. You know, I, I don't think I have, necessarily I, and that's what coaching is you know and and, and i enjoy that's what i enjoy about coaching you know mm-hmm. is is that and i loved being around the group of guys that were there and i love who i work with and that's been an extension of and part of part of coming here was a big was a big part of it i'm coach esker's a family man coach eager's a family man they've they've helped me so brian helped me in my transition into coaching big time and, and understanding what it is and how to be good at it and, and obviously i had a great example in coach savage you know mm-hmm. he's he's like a second father to me because he recruited me when i was 16 and just been attached to him forever um mm-hmm. brian really helped me out in terms of getting what coaching is and, and what to expect and those things and then 
Coach Desker and Coach Eager have really helped me in that transition into being a family, being a good husband and being a good father and being able to be a good coach at the same time. You know, I, I, I looked at Brian as like, man, what he has is awesome. It takes work, but it's awesome. Then I come able to come work here with Coach Esker and, and Coach Eager and they, they are able to do what Brian does too. You know, mm. be unbelievable at what they do in their coaching profession, but amazing, amazing fathers, amazing husbands. And, and I, I wanted to do that. And I wasn't married or had a kid yet when I was down there at UCLA. So these guys have, have helped me in that transition. That's a big piece of, like we talk about for our players off field, on the field, like mm. I'm only going to be as good as a coach with the, for these guys. If my home is, is, is what it needs to be. And yeah. I never, I never, and this is just me being a naive young guy. I never thought that uh, that uh, both they were synonymous. Home life and coach life were synonymous, mm. you know? and, and I I do need to be better at balancing it. My wife will let me know, and her and I have a really good relationship, and she's amazing and communicates to me. But yeah, that's that's kind of my coaching journey, and and mm. I'm trying to get better at, at 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 doing both every year, you know. In, in terms of hey, having a kid has changed everything too, you know. So that's she's seven months now, so that's been a a transition, but, um, but that, yeah, that's, that's kind of my coaching journey and how I, I got started in it. You no. Know? And, and hmm. I always tell people that a lot of, a lot of the good coaches, they don't do it because that's the only thing they can do. You know, they do it because that's their passion, help seeing people achieve their dreams and, and being like the good ones. Yeah. You know, the guys that most people hate, are, it's, they do it because that's all they have, you know, and there's nothing, hmm. right. some people have their different life journeys, you know, but the best coaches I've been around, could would be successful in a, in a bunch of different things but their passion is people relationship and 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 competing with the group and a team and that's who that's who i like to surround myself with and i was lucky enough and to be around that at ucla and very lucky to be around that here at stanford with with eager and esker and now andre and cj i feel like i could kind of tell when a coach you know felt like they really we're only doing this because they have to. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever felt that too, but I, I definitely yeah, would get I would. a sense of that sometimes where I'm For like, sure. I'm like, okay, like that completely changes how, how I would assume you're, you're approaching us as players, you know, mm -hmm. like, like you said, it being more of a passion. It's like, for me, at least I would gravitate toward that someone who's yeah. like actually passionate about that. Like I can see that. I can notice yeah. that. I would imagine other people can't like a lot of players can see that too. And like, I wonder if, cause I went, you know, wanted to ask about um, like what your piece of advice would be for your younger self is like, is that what it is? Is that the, you know, for the young coaches out there, like displaying that passion. I, I don't know if that's something you can intentionally do, but like, if that's kind of, like one of the big things is like, no, don't try to suppress like how much you care about it. Yeah. You know? And that's, and that would be, and that would be my advice to a young coach. It, it's, it would be, it's not about you, hmm. you know, and that's okay. easy to fall into when you're a young coach. Cause you want to prove yourself just like a young player. I want to prove my work. I want to prove I can do this job. I want to prove I, and early on, you think it's about what the player can do. If he's not doing what, what you're, he's supposed to be doing it's bad on you mm. and that's where it can get to where it, that's where you you make it about yourself instead of about the player and mm. and it's okay for them to see you as a person not a coach 
you know, it's, there's a, there, it's okay to, to have that vulnerability there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and to separate in the, my next one is to separate the person and the competitor would be my, cause I had struggled out early. Okay. I would see, cause it's too, for, for and just, that's just my experience early on. I would, I would make them together, the competitor and the person, you know, like I'm a, in between the lines, I'm a completely different person. Mm. Okay. As a competitor, the switch is flipping. I am off the field. I'm just, you're competitive. Like, mm. and some people, some people are, are different competitors than me that I don't agree with, but I don't, they're not bad people. And I try and tell our team all the time, like, Hey, when we're in between the lines or when we step on that field, we're all competitors. Okay. We, we communicate a certain way to a certain standard, but as soon as that's done and we're off, we're all back to being people. You come talk to me. If you think I'm mad, don't walk away from me. You know, I'm mm. not mad at, like, I'm not mad at Carter Graham, the person I was mad right. at Carter, competitor, but Carter Graham, the person I'll always love. Alberto Rios, the competitor, I mean, man, Alberto Rios, the person I always love and will communicate and talk. Like, don't, mm. let's separate that. Let's, let's find that. And I think, I think as a young coach, I wasn't very good at that. I would, I would carry that over. And, and, and that's me making it about myself. Like you look at it, like you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Now I look bad and mm. I'm going to treat you a certain way because I look bad. You know what? It's a game of baseball. The game really is really hard. You both put in the work you needed to put in. It just didn't work out tomorrow. You're going to put in the work you need to put in again, you know? Yeah. Um, and if there's not, if there's friction there, it's just going to, you're going to keep getting the same result, which you don't want. Yeah. But that's, that would be my, that would be my um, advice to a young coach. And then, and then for me, a little quote that I've been live, trying to live by for um, uh, a couple, a couple uh, years now, I read it in a book, which is, it's, we can go another whole podcast about it, but it, it's called the tough stuff, this book. And he made it, he hmm. talked about the, the discrepancy between player and coach. Now how it's the, the divide is really wide. Who is it by? Um, shoot. A tough stuff. It's called the tough stuff. I'll tell the you the tough stuff. The tough uh, stuff. Well, I, I'll just say because I, I typically read like information dense books where I kind of like sit with the book for a while and I'm writing notes and stuff. I just, I can't speed read through a book. Like it's, it's not my DNA. I got to read some three times to like just really digest it. And like, I, I feel like, you know, I, those are the types of books that are for me. So I'm curious. It's it's Cody Royal. It's by Cody Royal. It's about being okay. a coach. It's about being it's specifically about being a head coach, but it, it relates to coaching. And it's about mm. it's, it's honestly about a lot of things we're talking about. How getting away from the traditional what it's supposed to be, as opposed to it doesn't need to be one thing. You can adjust and adapt. And and mm. he there was a quote in there talking about generation of coach and player. And and one of them is is there's a lot of coaches now who as players were told to um heed to authority and suppress emotion okay a lot of the guys we we and that goes to me i was i was i was just my generation was and i'm not even that far removed hey yes coach because you said so no i'm not i'm not uh my i'm, I'm good i'm good even no though challenging not, that yeah i'm good i'm so uh our heed to authority suppress emotion but now we're coaching kids who I think it's for the best that are, are taught to challenge authority and express emotion, you know? Oh and yeah. I say, when I say challenge authority, it's not like, I'm not going to listen to you. It's like, no, can you please explain to me why? Can you, can you give me a reason? Can you give me 
an understanding and mm -hmm. which is always good, which is what you want. That goes to communication, but yeah, it's like level of curiosity. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where you, as a coach, I'm trying to, I grabbed onto that in a hurry because that's a struggle that I have. I have a hard time separating those two. And it's like, no, it's, mm. it's they're different. People are different now. Mm. And you can say it, you can say it's wrong. You can disagree with it, whatever you want. It's your opinion or whoever's opinion, but it is, but the fact is, this is what it is. And if you want to be good, you want them to be their best versions of themselves. And that's who they, how they're going to be. So mm. we got to adapt, you know, and that's, and I yes. grabbed onto that in a hurry and I think it's very powerful and I think it's, I think it's for the best. And, and I, and I've tried to implement that as much as I can. Cause for a big, as I, I recognize, I struggle with that. I struggle with mm -hmm. that part of it. And, and some days it's just because I said, isn't as, and, and I look at it as a parent, like my daughter may be like that, you know, like, and, and it's helped me having a kid, like, my daughter may challenge authority and, and I can't just be like, well, cause I said, so no, it's not, but being a dad is like, Hey, mm. da, da, da. now there's times when I, I may need to say that, but for the most part there is, and I want her to express emotion to me. Like, like the way I think about it as having a kid now, I want her to be able to express how she's feeling to me to help her. Mm. Like if I have a player, I don't really know how he's feeling. How am I supposed to make him be the best version of himself? You know, like mm -hmm. that's, 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 that's hard to do, but yeah, that, that would be a long answer, but those are the things <laughs> that from my young self that I still struggle to this day, that is what, um, I really grab onto that. That really helped me out. That's so funny. My, as a kid, my favorite word was why, like, I love that. just asking why all the time. And I think I grew up in, where I was in that kind of transition phase. I think later in my college career, maybe is when it started to, uh, become a little bit more popular, but even for me, like go, you know, growing up, it was the same idea. It was like, oh no, that's our coach. You don't question the coach here. Yeah. There's none of that. Yeah. No, you listen. <laughs> like yeah. that is that is what it is. And yeah, like you said, it's completely flipped. Oh, like at least I, I'm seeing too, especially like in the pro side. I've, I'm definitely seeing a flip in that too. Oh, well, that's for, so interesting. For, for me, like, and then and then what you just said, I love why. Like, I love the question why. A pet, and this is more me personally. A pet peeve mm -hmm. of mine is someone says, I know. Oh, so, man. Yeah, I know. It's it's not because, like, it, it means, like, for me, they're shutting everything out and not willing to, like, it's like a self defense. Like, I know, I know. No, 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 no. Listen, open, stop, <laughs> listen. Because if you knew, yeah. you wouldn't be where we are right now. You mm -hmm. know, but it's, it's a defense mechanism. It's not because, like, they, they just don't want to be vulnerable and learning and adjusting. And that's a, a yeah. trait, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so it, I, and I tell, I go, I'd rather you ask me why than tell me, you know, mm. and it's, nothing, it's just a pet peeve. Cause for me, I just, when you say, I know you're immediately shutting off any um, constructive learning or vulnerability and you don't really progress without that. I've definitely done that. And I think when I say that um, it's basically the same exact thing as saying, I know, but I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, yes. Yeah, I know, I don't get it, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm not doing it right. I don't get it, but yeah. I know. <laughs> I know yeah. I'm not doing it right. We've, oh. all, we've all been there, we all do it. Gosh, okay. Well, I was gonna ask if like, what uh, like what you'd be doing if it wasn't coaching, but it sounds like there's really nothing that, you know, unless you have some other interest, you know. I, but... I, I, I mean, I'd probably be an, I, 
something with people education you know i i, I yeah. value that um i learned to value school as i got older you know i'm too old to, to go back to school i mean no one's too old to go back to school but like my mm. life what my life is if i got out of coaching tomorrow i wouldn't be that um right but something to interact with people and, and something competitive uh Mm-hmm. I I find sports psychology fascinating. I really do. I I think it's I think it's it's growing. For I, was sure. ta- I was talking to another coach um, the other day, and they were talking about buying this technology and spending this money, and and mm. and I'm like, man, you know what we need? You know what we need to do? Because he's saying they had three sports psychs for the whole athletic department, mm. and and I was like, you know what? What really needs to happen is instead of spending all this money on technology, you know, and it was something like it would be obviously something useful it was something like like that was a bell, bells and whistles nothing really like foundational to development it was more like oh because we have it it's mm. like you don't you wish they would spend that money on like three sports sites for your whole team or a, a, a session oh. of three for each of your guys like i just think that's the realm we're getting into now and i think that's very valuable but i i would find that i find that fascinating i think just the intricacies of the mind and where it goes when it's fight or flight and, and all those mm-hmm. things how to help that um, progress and adapt and adjust is, is, fa- is fascinating to me, the science behind it and just mm. the practice. Cause it's a forever, it's something in life. It's just a forever practice. It's not just, Oh, I got to figure it out. No, you don't. Cause life will throw something else at you <laughs> to where you have to do it again. So yeah, maybe right now. Yeah. Maybe what about in a month from now? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. about a year from now? Like yeah. game changes too. And For sure. I, I think it's funny too, because I feel like, the baseball specific ones, they're actually, they're the ones that are most dialed in as opposed to the more broader sense. Like, I feel like there is a little bit of a, um, like you, you have to develop like the, uh, an, uh, experience piece as well with like the feel of baseball to attach it to the psychology of things. Like it's, it's very hard to like, have no idea about what the game is and just like apply basic psychology or whatever it is, sports psych to that. It's like, you have to understand like little intricacies of the game as well. So that's interesting though. I like that. I mean, yeah, it's such a big piece of it too. Like you're seeing it grow, especially like uh, in the pro orgs, like I'm seeing a lot more teams kind of like invest in that department for sure. 100%. No doubt about it. Okay. Only a few left, but I do want to ask about uh, like your favorite things about Stanford, specifically one thing about Stanford that, you know, is not baseball related at all. And then, you know, one thing that is baseball related that most people like wouldn't know about. The baseball relay that most people don't know about is mm-hmm. Coach Esker, and I love this, plays the music in the stadium 24-7. Well, not 24-7. Just whenever somebody's here, there's music going on, and it could be anything from T-Swift mm-hmm. to some Latin pop to um, Frank Sinatra. It's just you come here, it's a good vibe. There's music, even in practice, mm-hmm. music playing over the speakers, and it's just always – there's always a vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, here. So that's something about the program. Most people don't know that. They come in like, whoa, is that normal? Every day when someone's here, it is on. Um, huh. And then, and then about the about the university, um, I would I, I think I think it's just amazing of the that it's its own city. You know, it really is like it's. it's oh, own, it is. Little, yeah, it's like I've its been own city, <laughs> and and it's it's just fascinating to me. It's got a golf course. It's got it's got um, its own ball. It has every like it's un and it's beautiful like you you, yeah. you get here and you're you're okay at stanford but then you get like you look at it you're like whoa this is uh, like unbelievable and that's yeah. 
and I can I, I try and put it into words and most people are like oh no duh. but like, no it's when you actually see it and just kind of walk around or drive around or walk, ride your bike around you're like whoa this is it's its own city like you can mm. you can not leave for 20 years and be just fine seriously like it's yeah oh no uh because <laughs> I remember seeing the campus when I was like 14 or 15 and there's no doubt in my mind that the reason why I worked so hard as a 14, 15 year old was like, I need to get there. I want to go there. Like that is the, to me, it was like my, my Mecca. I'm like, that is it. That's the place. Like, yeah. which is kind of funny. Cause like, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit crazy, but it was something yeah. to strive towards, you know? There's more people that I've said that about this place than I've ever heard. I never understood. I'm like, and then I went around I'm like, oh, if I was, if I was that age and I stepped, I'd be like, I need to go here. I need yeah. to go. Yeah. I, was... I, I was from Southern California. I, I knew Stanford was good. I didn't, I had no idea what Stanford was, a little naive to hold the process. But now if I had to step foot on here, I'd be like, whoa, that is, this mm -hmm. is place unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Last question. This has been a great episode, by the way, but this is my last question. Okay. Uh, it's about the recruiting visit. I do it for every coach. Um, yeah, if you just have a little story kind of to highlight the the little things that people, most people wouldn't understand about like what it's like being, you know, on the recruiting trails and going through and doing the dirty work of finding players. I mean, anything you have, again, it could be good, bad, fantastic, uh, horribly sad. Like it could be anything, like anything that comes to mind. It, 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 I think that what people don't realize is it is so exhausting. Like you people think, oh, you're just going to watch baseball and it's fun, but you're there. Like you're there. We were in Georgia uh, this summer and mm. first game is at 8 a.m. The last game is supposed to start at 8 p.m. There's a lightning delay. First pitch gets pushed to 945. And it's every time there you watch, you watch, yeah, you watch it and you get home at 1231 o'clock. The next day's game's first pitch is at 8.30 a.m. And then you fly out later that night. And it's just the day, and it's humid, and it's hot, and the days are a lot longer than you think. Mm -hmm. And one thing I enjoy is, for the most part, the guys, I, I, I don't, I'm not that social, but I have some good friends who are in the industry. Like Nico's one of my best friends. He's in the industry. Coach Silverman at Washington's one of my best friends. He's in the industry. And, and I'm close with Jack Martyr mm -hmm. um, at Oregon, you know, and, 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 and Ty Blankmeyer at, at Duke, like, you you find some some friend like Elan, Josh Elander at Tennessee like you have friends you've known from playing and stuff that are in the industry and like mm. that you're you're and then Arizona's 115 you suffer with people which is nice the worst <laughs> yeah. is when you're by yourself and you're just like oh my goodness this is tough and it's and it's not about watching the game it's just about the the hours and and everything like that but mm. I I think the the it's it's fun that you can reconnect with so many different people across the country at mm. these events. It's like reunions every single time you go. You're working, obviously, but like in between games, you break it down, talk, how's the family, this and that. And, and you, mm. you're able to do it more so than, let's say, a, a job took me to New York and a job took my other best friend to, when are we ever going to connect unless we plan it out? Whereas like I can see Nico and coach Silverman four to five times a year because we're at the same events and we can touch base and see how the family's doing and all that stuff. And it's, that's mm. right. I think it's pretty cool other than being able to watch baseball for a living, which is awesome. And then you're sitting outside for 12 hours in humidity or heat, but, but yeah, that's, that's the fun part for sure. 
I never really looked at it like that, actually. Now I think about it, because I'm thinking about like my little high school uh, friend group and, you know, there's 10, 12, 12 of us maybe. And, you know, some of us have gone off and I haven't seen a couple of them in a long time. And I'm like, wow, like, when am I going to see this guy again? Yeah. You know? oh, it's crazy. That, that's funny. I never really looked at it like that. I don't know why, but that's a good little point. I like that's that. Pre- that's pretty cool. Every year I know I'm going to see those guys besides playing against them, which is a little different because you're competitive and you're busier, but like recruiting. I'm going to be able to have a, a, a relaxed session with them, hang out with them three to four times a year, you know, mm. at minimum, which is awesome. And then you can go have dinner after or breakfast early or coffee and just be with them, which is, yeah. Which is awesome. yeah. That's so important too. I oh, mean, to, to be able to talk about work, you know, and uh, the rigors of that job, like from a, with someone who's doing it with you. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Definitely. Definitely. So impressive. I love that. That's a good way to end this. Yeah. We've been at this for a, a long time, by the way. I know it's, it was fun. I'm, I apologize. For too long, you know, I get along with it sometimes, but it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Now that I think about it, because full disclosure, guys, if you made it this long, like it would have been 30 minutes longer if we had started recording when we started oh, yeah. actually talking, this oh, would have been the longest episode. It might already be, but this would have been the longest episode by a mile. By no the way. way. No way. I'm longer than Martyr. There's no way. There's no <laughs> way. He, 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 I don't know. He must have done a couple before, you know, Jack, I think he came prepared. He, he broke it down. Like he, he it's so funny. He had like a list of things. Oh, it's so great, but he's a presenter. Yeah. He's good. He's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this is fantastic. I love this. I think this is awesome. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, the last thing I'll say is just, thanks for coming on. This is sweet. Yeah. This is I, great. I, I appreciate it. And, and Hey, I, I hope it turns out all right. I hope I didn't keep you too long and, and, and look forward to, to keep on talking to you and seeing how all these episodes turn out, man. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, and, uh, you know, this isn't a, a secret or anything, but I definitely expect to, to do a, a different form of this where we can even have like multiple coaches on and talk about right. other things. I think that would be awesome too. And yeah. like for, cause like you said, it's a community, you know, you guys can kind of um, talk about these things off camera, but you know, maybe there's some things that people need to hear about, you know, when you guys are conversing and, and like talking about it, not just me to you, but, you know, me kind of presenting and then you guys all just like, you know, hashing it out or whatever it is, just talking about something, you know, like, like a big topic, whatever it is. But yeah, um, I do have to go though. So this is good. <laughs> this will wrap it up, but sure. I am going to talk to you really briefly, like after we sign off, but okay. yeah, thank you again. Um, this has been awesome. You know, like, that's all I have to say, but I appreciate it, man. Thanks. That is going to do it for this episode of Player to Prospect, and we will see you next week.